Hello everyone, welcome to Sweet Talk with Honey and Naya, and we are back with yet another pay-per-view review. As you all know, Survivor Series was, uh, two days ago? <laughs> Who knows what day of the week it is anymore? Who knows how time works? We're all past that. It's 2021. No one cares anymore. And Survivor Series is this past Sunday, uh, we both watched it. Evidently, Naya did not watch, uh the men's elimination tag match uh, for a reason that she can explain. Uh, <laughs> but it's we, not that I didn't watch it. I just didn't necessarily perceive it. <laughs> me when I see bad things about like Kenny Omega. <laughs> I see it. I just don't perceive it. <laughs> but I mean it was I mean Started off, uh, I know you didn't watch it, but I watched the, uh, the pre, the kickoff show, pre-show, whatever the fuck they're calling it these days. The kickoff show match was Damian Priest versus Shinsuke Nakamura, and I do think it was a little baffling to put this on the pre-show, but I think- I would agree. I think they might be trying to get to a point where they're putting really good matches on the pre-show so people watch- and this was a pretty excellent match. Like, Damien and Shinsuke have really, really good chemistry in the ring. And I think their styles really click together really well. Because there's there's a lot of, like, submission transitions. There's a lot of, you know, Damien doing big man stuff. But, you know, he's not, like... He doesn't do, like, big man stuff like Keith Lee did. Or like Brock Lesnar does. Or Braun Strowman or any of those guys. He does, like, a really nice mix of, like, big man stuff and, let's say, mid-sized guy things. <laughs> but it was a really good match. Um, it it had, I'll say, a stupid ending. Um, it was SmackDown's only other win of the night, and it was by disqualification. So that was a little disappointing. Especially because there were so many just, like, beautiful spots leading up to the stupid-ass finish. Like, there were multiple near falls. There were near taps, which was really nice to see if you're like me and you really love submission wrestling. Um, but, uh, it, it, it was just, it was a really, really nice, it was just one of those times where there's a really nice match, but they can't figure out how to finish it, so they go with the DQ um, it was funny, like, there were funny parts of it, too, like, uh, Shinsuke doing the, the bow and arrow thing, like, shooting an arrow, pantomiming it at Damien. Um, uh, Rick was playing, uh, guitar on and off throughout the match to distract Damien, which I thought was really funny. Um, I thought that really worked, uh, for the situation and the characters, and it ended with Damien going out and uh, breaking Rick's guitar and then uh, attacking him with it and then attacking Shinsuke with it when Shinsuke came out to help his friend. So, it's like, uh, I'm almost more disappointed that, like, SmackDown's only other win came from a DQ more than anything. <laughs> like, because... It's just, I really, really, really hate uh, sweeps at Survivor Series. I'll preface this entire thing with 
I hate when they do a whole brand sweeps except for like one match. I think it's stupid. I think it defeats the point. I think it makes things less interesting. That's just me. Some people. If probably I can interject it. there. Yes. If I can interject there, I'll say that it makes it almost worse considering that has been the case literally the past four or five years. It yeah. has, like, we're going on, like, year three or four of them doing a clean sweep for Raw or a near mm-hmm. clean sweep for Raw. And it just, it's just very old. It's very repetitive. And I think that makes it even worse when you have a, a show format. And I'm not one of the people who thinks that they necessarily need to change much about the format of Survivor Series because I think it's okay to have a pay-per-view that's kind of gimmicky and just, like, whatever. It's the last pay-per-view of the year, at least for this year. Um, But that is the one thing I feel like when you already have a pay-per-view that's kind of the same thing every year, maybe don't make the one thing you can get creative with the also another thing that you're just going to do the same every single year. You know what I mean? And, like, I will say, well, last year, actually, I kind of... Last year's Survivor Series was the first one in a long time that I remember being like, this kind of sucks. You know? <laughs> like, that was... I agree. It was one of the only times where I was like... Because wasn't that the one... It, it obviously had the Drew and Roman match that I'm infamously not a huge fan of. Um, it had... Um, it was the, the SmackDown with, Survivors. With I think Lana. the the yeah with Lana. I feel like that was a big downfall for the pay per view, mm-hmm. or at least the overall like reaction to the pay per view. That was a big downfall. But for the it. men's one sucked too, because like wasn't it yeah. a like complete like no one from Raw got eliminated? Yeah, it was something like that. It was like <laughs> I, if I remember correctly. I remember the the mid card title match being okay, and the tag team. I don't remember exactly what they were, but I remember being like, yeah, okay. I don't remember them at all. Hold on, I'm going to look it up because everybody knows me. I I like to fact check. It was was New Day versus the Street Profits, if I'm not mistaken. Because they had just, the draft had been not long before, so they just traded the titles. And they had like a fun, competitive kind of little thing. Um, I don't remember who the mid-card was. It had to have been Big E or Sammy Zayn. Uh, Bobby Lashley and Sammy Zayn. Bobby Lashley. Um, yeah. and yes, it it was the Street Profits in the New Day. Yeah. Yeah. That's um, awesome. Uh, so yeah, I remember. I remember the Street Profits and New Day match was way too short because it said it was only seven minutes. So like I I do mm. like I'm pretty sure I do remember being like why did that not last longer, um, uh but it was also the one with uh Sasha Banks and Oscar that if anything saved the night it was that yeah because that I remember match. Sasha Banks and Oscar and being like why did this not main event because <laughs> I was just like this is so good <laughs> but yeah I because the the men's match sucked it was boring it was stupid the the like i said well (laughs) we don't need to get into it but but, i think i think it was too long but yeah um the the women's match was was stupid (laughs) i mean like yeah and then there was again the roman and drew match that i just i i just i can't get into um yeah but but that's just me um 
But, yeah, so last year, again, was just about the only time in recent history that I remember. Because I loved 2019. I went fucking crazy for Survivor Series 20. When they did NXT, I was like, oh, fuck yeah. Inject this yeah. into my veins. The, Make this my bones. That was, the first, that was the first time it kind of felt different in a really long time. And it just, um, it, like, the match... Part of the thing that I think helped was that they didn't do the big champions versus each other. You know what I mean? Like, they didn't do... Who was it? Was it Adam? It was, oh, yeah. They didn't put Adam in the match because they did... It was Bray? 2019. Yeah, it was Bray. And was it The Miss or was it Daniel? I think it was... Was it Daniel? It had to been... Shit, hold on. It had to been Brock because Kofi had just dropped the title. Well, no, no, no. Brock faced Rey Mysterio. That's what I'm saying, so... I'm trying to figure out who the other one was. Because <laughs> Adam, oh, okay. Adam faced Pete Dunne in an excellent okay. match. If you haven't seen Adam Cole versus Pete Dunne at Survivor Series 2019, do it. I forgot that match happened. Um, then so, who's hold, let me see. I'm looking it up. Do-do-do. And then it had the god... Like, the main event that could have been good. <laughs> okay okay um uh do 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 it was daniel bryan okay yeah okay. it was bray white because they, right. they because he had, he shaved his head yeah it, yeah it's, i was <laughs> i was trying to remember the exact timeline of that and like when bray wyatt faced the miz not the fiend um mm-hmm. and it, okay yeah okay that makes sense yeah um but yeah i mean you know part of the reason that i is because just like the matches themselves were so absurdly good and because like actually hold on that actually might have been okay hold on it was also one of the it one of the reasons that I think it stands out is because in the matches that were brand versus brand, they didn't make it a clean sweep for anybody. Like, I think, if anything, it was more of a sweep for NXT because they won the main event and the women's match and the mid-card title match. But SmackDown won the men's match, Raw won the tag team match, and then, like I said, they didn't do the champion versus champion thing, which, thank God, because they would not have known how to... Like, if it had been... Yeah, that would have been a straight show. If it had been Brock and Bray, I could have believed it. If it had been Brock Brock and Adam, Adam. I would have believed it. But there is no way that you could have a triple threat match with Bray Wyatt and have it work. Yeah, but we don't have to at, talk at least, about my criticisms. Least, of the at Bray least at Wyatt that game. particular time, yeah. <laughs> but for this year's Survivor Series, the clean sweep thing was very, very—it just felt unnecessary because I yeah. felt like they had strong enough teams on both sides to make it competitive. Especially yeah. like leading up to the match against Biggie and Roman, it very much could have been a fun story to tell throughout the night of like them being neck and neck for their brands, and they're both kind of like the leaders of their respective brands and all that also that goes back to another issue that i've had with this year and last year and it's like i love roman i love roman i do i i i think he's wonderful i love his current title reign he's a delight um 
But last year and this year, it's felt like the reason that they're giving Raw all these wins is because they know they can't have Roman lose. And it just makes it more clear that they're not going to have Roman lose. Which I agree with. I don't think he should. Um, But it would give you a sense of unease. If all of a sudden SmackDown's winning like half of the Survivor Series matches this year. And then you're like, oh shit, does that mean that Big E's actually going to get that last win for Raw? Like it almost would have been more compelling to be a sweep for SmackDown. Yeah. And then have it end with Roman winning because then it would be like, oh shit, you know, the landscape has changed. But that's just a wider issue that I've had because that's what I thought last year and it's what I thought this year. And it's one of the reasons why I almost wish they hadn't main evented (laughs) because I'm just like, it just takes a lot of the tension out. And honestly, I feel like the main reason why they even ended up main eventing at all was because they were still trying to troll everybody about The Rock. And I knew knew if they put that match on first or put it on in the middle of the card or something and let Charlotte and Becky main event, then we kind of would have all caught on that The Rock wasn't coming. So they they kind of, they were, because they want, because Vince wanted to troll everybody so bad, they didn't really have a choice but to put which I gotta kind of respect Vince for because I think that's hilarious. He is the king of all <laughs> trolls. No one can outdo that man. Like that was some top-notch trolling, and it's it's extra funny to me because you can't even really blame him because they never said that The Rock was coming. We just all assumed that he was. Dwayne never said he was coming. They never said he was coming. They did, not imply. they did they not imply. They did not imply. Everyone inferred. There is Everyone a difference. Inferred. That was a conclusion <laughs> that collectively everybody as a community jumped to. And then they got mad at both parties for not following through on something that they never ever said or even implied was going to actually happen. You know, and so of course, if I'm Vince McMahon, then of course I'm going to jump on that bandwagon because one, it's going to make you guys watch my show. Because a lot of people were like, the only reason why I'm watching is in case The Rock shows up. Mm-hmm. And then two, it and then got, they got the show trending. wrestling in the meantime exactly so one is going to make you all watch my show and watch the whole thing like from beginning to end and then two it's funny and i'm sure vince just got a great laugh out of that so yeah congrats to him and he got a bag from like from you know advertising the movie i'm sure yeah actually the the rumors and whatnot coming out were that they actually did a couple months ago think that the rock would be available but he ended up not being but they still had the contractual obligation to promote the movie movie. um which i mean fine they got paid to exactly i was actually gonna finish up my uh review of the kickoff match with it's like one of this is a and like i get why they did this because they're clearly trying to push uh Damian Priest is more of a heel than he's been, which is fine. I don't. I think he can be a, a healer face, and he'll, he'll be fine. He'll be able to pull it off. But there are just so many better ways to do it than with a stupid disqualification thing. And it's just, it just like it kind of takes away from his heel character. If he does that instead of 
Because, like, when Charlotte won by disqualification with Ron- or Charlotte lost by disqualification against Ronda, uh, in a moment that made me very, very happy, um, it, uh, like, it made sense. And it, and it pushed the Charlotte yeah. F- Flair character in the direction that she needed to be. And it also made sense for her character because sometimes Charlotte loses it, um, and goes a little crazy. But like we, I just feel like we haven't seen that from Damien before, and it was just it it, it was lazy. I, I hate to use that word, but I, I think for me, where the them because I I I don't really I haven't really kept up as much with Damien's parts of Raw. Um, I'm gonna be honest, but from what I've seen of it, it doesn't really seem to come from somewhere. Like. I think that that's the aspect of the story that they're missing with Damien mm-hmm. is like we see him like going more and more and more heel but like why? You like he can't pull the I've been held down card. He's literally the champion. He's kind of been getting those opportunities since he walked into to Raw, you know, he's got to tag team with Bad Bunny at WrestleMania I mean, and all these things. So they can't pull that card. <laughs> You know, since he walked into NXT, he's he's like one of the few who can say he's kind of had a pretty good and clear path to where he's gone now. So it can't be that nobody's really screwed him over. Nobody's really done anything to him in particular. So why is he turning heel all of a sudden? Like, is he just why, heel because well, like sudden, Bad Bunny like, left him? Like, <laughs> yeah, like there's no there's no real story or anything behind. There's no motivation that in particular. So it's kind of. There's no motivation. So there's nothing clicking with it. And so then for him to just do that in the middle of the match and be like, fuck it, I'm going to get DQ now, it just doesn't necessarily make sense. So then it makes the ending of the match even more pointless. Um, and just like, that was kind of an issue I had with a lot of this year's Survivor Series was I feel like they were trying to protect so many people that like barely, like people didn't get pinned. And especially in the actual Survivor Series matches, which I guess we'll talk about when we get to that. But, like, that was an overall thing that I noticed throughout the whole show that I kind of was like, that's a little bit annoying. Mm -hmm. Because it was just like, if you don't, like, you don't want people to get pinned, then don't put them in a match with each other. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Put somebody in a match who you want to take a pin. You can do this in a way that makes sense. Because in one of my all-time right. favorite Survivor Series matches from back in the day, I'm going to sound super old here. I want to clarify, I did not watch this as it was happening. I'm not that old. <laughs> but um, I went back and watched it because of my everlasting love for Scott Hall. Um, it was the Teamsters versus the Bad Guys, which are terrible team names. But it was like a face, the Bad Guys, which hilariously were the faces. They were the good guys. Um, but they were the bad guys because Razor was on it. And it was the Teamsters led by uh, Shawn Michaels and Kevin Nash. And so they had a lot of, like, really strong names in this match. And they didn't really... You could tell that they didn't really, like, want Kevin to get pinned. They didn't want Shawn to get pinned. Um... So, what they did was they had it come down to... They had Kevin Nash eliminate pretty much everybody except for uh, Scott Hall. And um, they were getting ready to uh, eliminate him. Him and Sean were uh, double-teaming Scott. I know how that sounds. 
you can't prove it didn't happen. Um, and the, the double team went wrong. I think Kevin got eliminated and then Kevin went crazy, turned on Sean and all of the rest of the team ran out trying to separate them, trying to, um, get them to come back to the ring to finish the match. And they all got counted out. And Scott Hall was just sitting in the ring and he just shrugged at the camera and he was like, that's what happens. Like, you can do it in a way that's funny and makes sense with everyone and is entertaining and you still get a good match before that that actually does pretty much protect people. But you can't really do that with every match. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you, you can't, can't do that like, so all often. matches on the card. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, and I feel like that's been a theme in WWE the past couple weeks. I think, I don't know if we talked about the Charlotte and Bianca match while it was happening, and then they had Sasha and Bianca versus Charlotte and Becky, like, a week before that. I don't know if I said this while we were recording, but I, don't think I remember saying that. that then. I think maybe we had talked about it off recording, or maybe I said it to someone else completely. But I remember saying then, like, I don't understand why they booked this match in the first place when they clearly didn't want anybody in the match to take a pin. And so it just made the whole match seem kind of stupid and pointless. Um, but, yeah, that that's kind of one of my only really big critiques of the overall pay-per-view. And, and, like, I guess that feeds into the Damien and Shinsuke match as well. And in the realm of trip. Damien and Shinsuke, it's, it's frustrating because... Shinsuke getting pinned or losing clean would not have hurt Shinsuke. <laughs> right. Um, right. Even even Shinsuke getting like a surprise roll up on Priest would not have hurt Damien. It would have been in, fine. in fact it might have been in fact it might have been even more helpful to Damien for yeah. him to get pinned, considering he doesn't have any motivation in this heel turn. And then like, they could even, that could have been something. They could drag that out to like a Royal Rumble moment where he eliminates Shinsuke because he's like he, exactly, he's, rrr, rrr, you know. So yeah. and then they could have done the attacking Boog spot after the match yeah. was over. Like, okay, roll up. Now I'm gonna fuck you up, kind of thing. But it was just like I said, it was a very, very good match. If you can find it, you should watch it because it was genuinely good wrestling. It just had a stupid finish, which. Happens. happens I mean, it's it's not the worst. Like, it's not. It didn't make me so mad that I was like, I'm not even gonna watch the pay per view. I was like, eh, that was kind of dumb. But (laughs) but it was a good match. It was like I said, I really enjoy uh, Rick Boogs and his his guitar playing as a distraction. I thought that was funny. Um, So I mean, it was it was a good match. You know, it it was two very good wrestlers that just had a wonky finish and. Sometimes wonky finishes happen. And now we are on to the main card, which... We opened the show with with... Charlotte and Becky. Uh, I'm assuming you want me to take the reins on this one. So I'm going to go ahead and take the reins. I I will try to not be mean a lot to Miss Lynch. uh... If you've kept up with this podcast at all, you probably know that neither of us are necessarily big fans of Becky, but... Mm, that's one way I, to phrase I, it. I, <laughs> I, can, I can give credit where credit is due. I cannot. However, I will... So, yeah, that's where we differ. So, for this 
match, I'll say, I think this is their best match they've had so far. Um, I'm of the belief that Charlotte and Becky's matches together are. Oh gosh, sorry guys. Um, sorry, just one second. Uh, we're gonna pause for just. All right, we're back, everybody. Okay. Sorry, minor technical issue. Continue. Grand. So yeah, I I don't think that their matches have ever been particularly spectacular against each other. Um, but this match I really, really enjoyed because I love wrestling that is very aggressive. Like, I like when people look like they're beating the shit out of each other. Like, I enjoy that a lot um, because I, I just think that's when wrestling looks at its best. However, with all the controversy going into this match, I think that more than ever, this match confirmed to me that I think all of it was a big work. I kind of said that from the beginning that they were taking something that was clearly just a little bit awkward and maybe mistimed and they turned it into something bigger. Whatever rumors and stuff that the dirt sheets ran with, they just ran with it as well. Hey, Tito and Candy, all motherfuckers. It, yeah, because it's so, like, I, and it's so funny because wrestling fans think everything is a work, but when it comes to stuff like this where they're clearly getting worked, they don't believe it. Because <laughs> wrestling fans always think that they're smarter than the people doing this, and mm -hmm. it, it's kind of funny to me. But, like, this was an instance where, I, from the beginning, I was like, yeah, this is definitely a work. They're just taking advantage of the dirt cheats, being easy and being wanting drama. Um, and I don't blame them for it, because that kind of thing makes people tune in. This was one of the more talked-about matches going into the pay-per-view that people were excited about. I wasn't, because I stand firm in my belief that I really did not need to see Charlotte and Becky wrestle ever again, really. Um, first of all, they come out in coordinated gear, which has been confirmed by their stylist that this was on purpose. Now, if you want to go with the story that they hate each other, then maybe you can say King Troy is a saint, which he is, and maybe he's trying to make amends between these two former friends um, and trying to be the amazing person that he is. Or if you're like me and you believe that this is all one big work, they clearly did this because they coordinate, who coordinates outfits with somebody that they genuinely do not like. Like, come on, I'm sorry. If I have beef with you, we're not going to wear matching outfits. We're not going to put on a couple's costume to fight each other. You know what I mean? Um, and then they just were so, like, super aggressive with each other to the point where I was like, yeah, like, this is how you fight your own friend. That's how I'd fight my friend. If literally I have a friend who's also training to be a wrestler and we Wait. were like, like, this is how we're going to fight each other. Sorry, I just wanted to interject. <laughs> I saw quite a few people being idiots about uh, Charlotte's recent quotes about Nia Jax saying that, you know, do you want me to FaceTime her? We're still best friends. I can, like, that's how you fight your friends. <laughs> In reference to the, the shoot fight that, that happened, yeah. which I do think was an actual, I do think that was not worked. I do think that was legitimately, there was miscommunication yeah. in it. And the reason I say that is because, again, I was there. I saw it happen in real time. <laughs> uh, and I was fairly close to it. So, like, you could see what was going on. But, um... But even then... But, I mean, I do think... Uh, I'll, I'll go ahead and give my thoughts on the match. Um, I enjoyed this 
as much as I can enjoy anything that involves Becky Lynch wrestling. Um, I will say and the same thing. <laughs> I, and I do think a large part of that was just the presence of Charlotte Flair because regardless of times when I've been a fan or not of her character, I have always enjoyed watching Charlotte as a physical specimen and an athlete. Um, it's very difficult for me to not enjoy a Charlotte Flair match. I think maybe the only time I can actively think of not enjoying one was... Um, Oh gosh, I don't even remember when it was. It was, I I want to say it was like Charlotte and Becky versus uh, Oscar and Kyrie. Um, oh, that one. The that whole was thing felt one. like a sloppy yeah. mess. On it was just bad. It was just a bad match. Um, but that was just about the only time that I can think of off the top of my head where I've been like, this was bad. Um, and Charlotte was a part of the reason that it was bad because, but. I mean, just most of the time, she's just excellent, you know? Uh, yeah. She is part of that breed of wrestler where she is athletic enough that every she makes everything look believable. She's very confident mm. in her physical ability. Um, and I will say, I think the other reason I I enjoyed it to the degree that I did, which again... There is always a cap on it. I I genuinely cannot enjoy a Becky match beyond a certain point. Um and I I I joke about it a lot, but it's genuine like I I I just don't like that woman. I don't like her wrestling. Um but I do think one of the reasons why this was enjoyable is something that you pointed out in that it was so overtly aggressive. And I'm also a fan of wrestling that looks... Actually, the reason that that stuck out to me that you said it was because just yesterday, before we went to the lake, uh, my dad was listening to Jim Cornette's review of... What the fuck was that pay-per-view that AEW did just now? <laughs> was it Full Gear? Full Gear. Okay, yeah, yeah. it was... Yeah. Uh, excuse me. My dad was listening to Jim Cornette's review of Full Gear... And, uh, Jim Cornette said that one of the reasons he liked, uh, Darby Allen versus MJF's match was because they managed to respect the thing that he says all people should respect about wrestling and what makes wrestling good is when it looks like a struggle. And yes, I thought yes, that was yes. a very insightful way to phrase it because that is what I like. That's one of the reasons why yeah. back in the day I liked Brock Lesnar, I liked Chris Benoit, I liked Eddie Guerrero, I liked Kurt Angle, I because they knew how to make it look like a struggle. They knew how to make it look like a fight. It looked like people trying to kick each other's ass. And uh, yeah. You know, this again is as much praise as I can give to Becky. With Charlotte, she did manage to make that happen, and she because did I manage. I think they were both. Re I think they were both committed to continuing to tell that story that mm. they like. Oh, we really don't like each other, kind of thing. I um I will say. Uh, because I I <laughs> again I, I'm I'm trying to not be. 
ridiculously mean. It's difficult, but um, because something about Miss Lynch also just brings out a nasty side of me. I don't know what it is. Um, but I think if it had been anyone else with Becky, it would not have worked. If they had tried to tell this with like Becky and Rhonda, it would not have worked. If they had tried to and tell with- this with, like, it worked with Charlotte and Rhonda because almost the same thing happened in Charlotte and Rhonda's match way back at Survivor Series 2018, is that it looked like a struggle. Um, and Charlotte could pull that off with Rhonda. I just, I, it's, it's one of those things where, again, I, I'm, I'm trying to not be overtly mean, but I think that this was something that came together well with these two and I do agree that this I think is the best match we could have gotten out of them and I think it is the best match we have gotten out of them together so far and that is all I will say I will not make comments on anyone's gear I will not make com- I will not say anything about any of that I will just I will keep it to that fairly positive review of the match and again, actually, like I know we talked about the, the 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 DQ finish in the in the kickoff show. I actually don't really mind that. I mean, obviously, I mind because I hate it and think she should have lost. But uh, I don't mind that uh, Becky won by holding the ropes. Uh, in I part agree because I, I'm... Uh, Charlotte had tried to do that, and and you know then Becky did it. I was and it makes sense for the character that Becky is now. So, I actually didn't mind that. It, it made more sense for the story. And, as you'll note, that was our issue with Damien's story. is because there was no reason for him to do that. Um, but there was there was a reason for Becky to do this. So, that that finish... The only reason that it bothers me is because I think she should have lost. <laughs> I, I'm in the same boat. It, I, it annoyed me from... It annoyed me from a kayfabe standpoint, not from a genuine standpoint of, yes. like... I wanted Charlotte to win, so I was annoyed that Becky won. (laughs) But I'm not genuinely mad at how the match finished because I think it it made sense. Like if, and also I'm waiting on somebody. Hopefully, Liv Morgan does it. I'm surprised she hasn't. Maybe I should like send her a message or something. But nobody's pointed out that Becky has won every match since she's been back that way. Like somebody needs to say that in a promo. Like, how are you big time Bex if and you are the better than everyone and blah blah blah. And you had to cheat in every match you've had since you've been back. And the only one you didn't cheat in you lost. Somebody, yeah, <laughs> somebody I mean, really it, needs to point that out. Yeah, I mean it it uh I mean that that is that's that's the reason why it didn't bother me because they've been telling the story that Becky has to cheat yeah. in every match, so it it makes sense and it's it, the it, easy way out. Yeah, so yeah, that one that one didn't bother me. It so was, like yeah, and like I said, it was it was as good of a match I think those two can have. Um, I I well and truly hope we never see them in a singles match together again. Uh, I, I ju- like again, and it's not even because like the matches. I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say that their matches together are bad. I just think that they're very overrated, um, and I don't need. I I think I've had enough of seeing them wrestle. It's like the same thing to me. The same way people feel about like Roman and Baron Corbin after those two were like married to each other in wrestling for like so long for like a good couple months span. And 
also Roman and Drew, at least for me, where they wrestled each other for like a six month span. I'm just like, I've seen hey, this match hey, 20,000 times. He also I don't wrestled need to see it again. Shane McMahon. Let's be fair. <laughs> there was a lot Whatever. of Shane McMahon in that feud. <laughs> Yeah, and I don't need to see Roman this, feud with sorry, Shane McMahon sorry, either. Sorry, just real quick. For just a hot minute last night, I thought Shane McMahon was going to be the one that stole the egg. Like, we were going to get to the end I of the night, and it was going to cut to, like, Shane McMahon driving off with the egg. <laughs> like, I would have been so down for that. Shane McMahon, come back. I miss you, you funny motherfucker. <laughs> Sorry, that was just a real quick interjection because it's like I genuinely I thought I, I, I quite <laughs> like Shane McMahon actually, but yeah, um, yeah, I think that's pretty much all my thoughts. I really like both their gear. Shout out to King Troy as always; he's a doll. Um, I I like Charlotte's gear. She Charlotte's looked gear was very really nice. really cute. They did Agatha Christie and Wandavision, not Wandavision, but Wanda. Um, and I think it was cute. And again, couples costume. So, how much beef could there possibly be? And then the Becky had that pro. I didn't watch the whole promo because I don't like to listen to Becky Lynch speak. But um, <laughs> she was like doing a promo after the match where she was like crying and sobbing her eyes out because like she like we've been through so much together and all that. And I'm like, girl, wipe your tears. Girl, can I also tears. just say, actually, can go. I just, can I just give a real life lesson real quick? Um, because I was thinking about it last night when I was cutting imaginary promos in my head, as we all do. Don't lie. If you're a wrestling fan, you've done it at least once. But, uh, the whole storyline in and of itself just kind of got to me. Cause I'm just sitting here like, y'all are two grown-ass women. Yeah. Adult friendships sometimes just don't work out. Even if you've been friends for a long time. Sometimes it just doesn't work. You grow apart. You find you have different beliefs, different approaches to life as it goes on. And sometimes it just doesn't work. There is no reason to be a dumbass about it grow up and move on i know it hurts i got ptsd from a friendship not working out like i get how bad it can be but if you're a grown-ass adult and you feel like you are having a friendship that isn't working out anymore it's probably not a bad thing you will find other friends yeah. you will be fine i agree so let's yeah. all get over this whole thing of like if you are best friends with someone, when you stop being best friends with someone, it's some world-ending, life-altering situation, okay? Like, sometimes you just stop being friends. Or you grow apart, or whatever. Whatever happens, and happens. if you And if you really, like, at least, I think one of the reasons why this storyline still didn't really sell me on the match, aside from me obviously thinking that it wasn't as serious as people were... Like, it wasn't as genuine of a uh, beef as mm -hmm. people were trying to sell it out to be. But part of it, too, was because, like, maybe I'm just nosy, but neither of them were really saying why they weren't friends anymore. They kind of, like, alluded to it being, like, a thing of, like, Charlotte not wanting Becky to be bigger than her and Becky feeling like Charlotte wasn't okay with her 
outshining her and all that maybe like a jealousy thing but besides that neither of them really ever said why they weren't friends anymore so to me it was like what's the then what's the problem which you just know what brings I mean? me which just brings me to two more points first off number one why shouldn't charlotte want that right <laughs> even as a person as ashley that is her real name right i'm not fucking up yeah <laughs> even as ashley she should want to be the most successful she should want to be the biggest star that is the entire point second okay i'm jealous of tons of my friends i'm jealous of naya for many things i'm jealous i'm envious that's not bad <laughs> That doesn't mean that you have to destroy your friendships. So that's another, like, I cannot believe, like, two grown-ass people are going to be acting like that. Because I'm jealous of all my friends. I mean, her own husband even said, like, yeah. Like, even he said, obviously, I'm really proud of her and happy for her. But I wanted to, I wanted to main event WrestleMania that year. So yeah, of course I was a little a little hurt and jealous that she did it instead of me. Like it's very normal, especially when you work in the profession that they work in, for things like that to kind of rise in you. It doesn't necessarily mean you have to sabotage each other or like throw everything away because of it. Like you can exist in those feelings in a healthy way. Mm-hmm. So yeah, but that's obviously again like all speculation because we don't really know why their friendship ended. No, like, but you know it was a good opportunity for some, like I said, some excuse me, real life lessons out of yeah. that. Because there are certain things that people need to, you know, get through their heads. And exactly. A lot of it is present in this in this absolutely work storyline because like I agree with you. They can and Tito this. Like they were like, how can we take this little bit of tension that we have in the real world and then blow it up for the media? And that's all exactly. it was. Exactly. Okay, so the um, next one... I think the... It was the... It was battle the Men's Royal? I don't know. It was... Where was the Battle Royal? It no. was the Men's It was the Men's match, match, and then the Battle Royal was after that. So there, it was a lot okay. of men in and around the ring. <laughs> Two matches in a row. <laughs> it's easy to get that yes. messed up. So, so this was... This yes, was why the don't match you explain that I why... didn't really get yeah. to watch. <laughs> so Seth Rollins, as a... As, so Seth Rollins is always very like his gear when he does go outside the box with his gear he usually has has, like something very interesting behind it and so like as a Seth Rollins fan it can be really fun to like see his gear and try and figure out like what it's a reference to like SummerSlam you know we were thinking either Mariachi or Michael Jackson am I the only Um, one who thought Matador (laughs) am I the only one who thought Bullfighter yeah some people I did see some people saying Bullfighter so like matador um somebody thought mariachi actually no i'm wrong it wasn't mariachi it was it was matador um and then or michael jackson and then this one it was really weird because it was kind of hard to tell what he was going for because it was like steel and then it was like flowers but like a lot of people's first thought was that he was vision because becky was wanda obviously so people thought they were maybe doing like a wandavision thing and i I, but when i saw the flowers on the gear i was like no that's not that it's so i basically long story short everybody i spent the whole match trying to figure out what was going on with his gear like literally like on google trying to search of everything i could think of um i like if you go look at my tweets i literally like added mccarthy like did you make this gear what does it mean um (laughs) 
And so that's what I did for the whole match. And it was not literally, it wasn't until Seth was, spoiler, literally pinning Jeff Hardy that it came to me that he was a samurai. <laughs> that's what it was. The gear was samurai themed. I was just curious why he skinned Elmo for his jacket. Uh, sometimes you gotta skin a puppet to be cute. A Muppet. <laughs> a Muppet. Sorry. So, a this Muppet, match... A this match... God, it... Listen, I... There's a lot of good wrestling. I'll say one way or another. There's a lot of good wrestling. I'm... I'm... There's a lot of good wrestling. Uh, Kevin Owens <laughs> just left got counted out, just said fuck y'all, just pulled a Seth Rollins. Um, and then it kind of got into the, you know, got into the regular, you know, standard Survivor Series match. There's a lot of good, uh, let me pull up the exact elimination uh, order and everything, because I'm trying to remember exactly what the order was. Um, let's see, uh, yeah, it turned, there was a lot of, like, really good action between the, uh, the SmackDown team. There was a lot of really good tagging in, tagging out, isolating. Um, then, uh, Baron Corbin ended up, happy Corbin, uh, <laughs> uh everyone got outside of the ring, was all fighting, Finn, got the coup de gras on Baron, eliminated him. It was, uh, it, it was just a very good sequence. Um, I was like, okay, a, a SmackDown guy's gone. Everything's even. It's fine. Um, and then, uh, Bobby Lashley, uh, got, uh, uh, eliminated Xavier Woods with the hurt lock. And I was like, oh, that's kind of, I thought that was a choice, having him go out first, considering of everybody on his team, I guess besides maybe Drew, he's kind of like the like top spot. Like he's Well kind he of went out second. In a second, but yeah, I mean like but it was, I mean I meant not him going out the way he did was yeah, kind of like it was, a choice to me. Yeah, I didn't I I don't think that's how I would have gone about it. Um Yeah. Especially because he had actually had quite a bit of good action in the match. And had been pretty impressive, so I just I don't know. I it's not it's... to mention he has like history with Bobby Lashley because before going to SmackDown, him and Kofi had just come out of a feud with him. Yeah. So it's it was a little rough, but I can see because they were trying to get to Bobby and Drew and and yeah. all that. So I can you know I can see why they did it the way they did. I just I don't know if that's if that's how you know my preference. Um. And then they had Bobby and Drew do their, you know, big meaty men slapping meat moment. They ended up getting a double count out, which I hate. I hate, like, I am a firm believer. I do not believe you should be able to be counted out in a Survivor Series match. I don't think it makes sense. I think it's stupid. I There's no reason for it. I'm pretty sure the only reason they started doing it in recent years was so that they could get Braun Strowman out of the match every time he was in it. Like... Mm -hmm. 
It drives me insane every single which is <laughs> which is annoying because now I feel like this year they definitely overdid it because they did it in this match. They also did it in the women's match, and it was like okay, we get yeah. it. But then also like last year, that's how they got Bianca and Nia out of the match. That's how like set somebody else got counted out and then, like you said Ron like Braun Strowman. Strowman. It, it, just, was, yeah. it just feels like they find a little loophole and then they fucking just throw it into the ground like you know what I mean and if you look at it statistically it hasn't really happened all that much but it's happened enough to the point that you're like you notice it you know what I mean yes Which and it's is... like if you don't want them to get pinned don't put them in the fucking match you literally like they could have kept Dominic in there. Dominic is somebody who could have easily just taken a pin. Right. Like, especially from somebody like Drew. Like, Rey Mysterio was in the match. Why would you take him out of the match? Sami Zayn was in the match. He could have gotten pinned by Bobby Lashley. Like, why put these people in the match if you didn't want them to get pinned? I don't understand it. It's, it's just ridiculous. But it... But Bobby and Drew's little bit was good. I did enjoy that. Um, They have a lot of good matches together. I I think they actually have really good chemistry. Uh, there was one from the PC era, actually, when Drew was champion, and it was him versus Bobby. It, it was really good. So I'm going to end up having to look that up, because that might be my match recommendation, just because I... Actually, I do remember that match. It was towards the beginning of Drew's championship reign, mm-hmm. and I remember saying then, because we all know how I feel about Drew McIntyre, but I remember saying then that match was really good. It was. It was It was a genuinely yeah, good match for his title that. reign. Um, and then we had... What was it? There was... A lot more back and forth. Uh, Finn Balor got eliminated next. I do want to shout out uh, the little moment where Finn and Seth did the stereo sling blades. I was like, oh, that's joyous and nice. Uh, I was just like, this is just good. I was like, Seth and his Irish people. (laughs) That man has a fetish. (laughs) <laughs> but um it it you know it was another good i i think i said it was irish on irish violence because seamus eliminated finn um then it was uh seth and austin theory and seamus and jeff hardy and there was a very cute moment where they both did the the 10 beats so it was Jeff and Seamus doing it together. It was it was very cute. Um, there was... I do recall seeing that. And that one kind of made me pop a little bit because, like, for me, not to give away my age, but, like, for me, Jeff Hardy and Seamus are both wrestlers I kind of grew up on. Like, they remind me a lot of my childhood in watching wrestling. So that was, like, a cute little moment where I was like, oh, my God, I feel like I'm eight again. Which says something to the... Uh, the... What word am I thinking of? how long Jeff Hardy has been doing this and how yeah. much of an impact he leaves because I also grew up watching Jeff Hardy <laughs> back when he was but a young blue haired twink um, and it was it was a very cute moment I thought it was nice uh, and then Seamus uh, excuse me oh excuse me oh uh, Seamus either got, yeah, Seamus got eliminated by Austin Theory, um, then Austin got eliminated by Jeff, it came down to Seth and Jeff, and this is where- Wait, can I say something? Yes. Can I say something about Austin Theory? 
so hopefully no (laughs) hopefully i don't get in trouble for this but i just want to say like this is a moment from that and then from last night on raw him being in the main event against biggie i think this is kind of clear that he's somebody that they quite like um and uh, they meaning the the powers that be Mm-hmm. Um, and I know we all know what Austin Theory did and, and don't really care for him. I definitely don't care for him. But we're going to have to get past this whole being surprised thing that he is being given these opportunities because he is unfortunately very talented. And it sucks that sometimes bad people are good at what they do. Um, but yeah, I wasn't very surprised to see that he was in the final two with Seth yeah. and Jeff. Um, I, because, you know, I, I, I can see them coming up on that push. And unless he really starts to fall flat in that gimmick, we're probably not going to be seeing very much less of him. Well, I actually, I did kind of want to say something about that, too. Um, in part because, yes, he did something nasty. You're, I don't want to say you're going to have to get over it, but you're going to have to get over seeing him. If That's what I mean clear, too. Yeah. If if they want, if you want them to think that the fans don't want him, then stop watching it. Stop tweeting about him. Let it be dead silence. It's either because... yeah. It's either going to be that. It either needs to be that, or we need, or people need to go as hard as they did for Fired Velveteen Dream. Yeah. Um, like because that's the only way. But it is clear that they are super high on him, just like you said, and uh, like I cannot blame them. I think Austin Theory is an objectively talented young man when it yeah, comes to he's, wrestling. He's, he's really good in the ring. He's very good in the ring. He has found his character niche mm-hmm. and has flown away with it. He really, and I, I don't want to sound like I'm complimenting him or sound like I'm praising him because in, in no way am I praising him. But, like, he has really found his groove with kind of playing that, like, kind of... I don't want to call him a himbo because you got to be a, you got to respect women. He's, he's a like dumbass. yeah, good at playing like that like kind of stupid ditzy character mm-hmm. that unfortunately can be very entertaining to watch somebody play. Um and he's really good at that. So it, it it's it's kind of tough because at the end of the day it's an entertainment business and so they're going to push the people who are making the crowd react and who are entertaining. And that's another the masses. thing. He's He's perfect for the large majority mm-hmm. of the fan base. Kids think he's funny. And cuz they're yeah. saying, "Oh, he takes selfies." Like, you know, like right. he's kind of silly. And It's kind of the same thing with Matt Riddle too. Like you you go to those live shows, people really the only people who dislike Matt Riddle are those of us who are on the internet and those of us who know what he did. Yeah. You go to a live show, the crowd is in like people in love, love with Matt Riddle. People love Matt Riddle, and it's easy to see why. As somebody who used to be a fan of him, he is very entertaining. He's he can be very fun to watch, and he's really good in the ring. He has a very interesting ring style. And so, again, it the only way you can get rid of people like that is to make it known that you actually hate them. And unfortunately, unless the crowd starts, you know not buying into what they're doing then that's just not going to happen and even then that is with the caveat of do they care more about how mad these people will be versus how much money this person will make them exactly because if they're if they're making them money 
it's like it, it's and that's kind of the sad unfortunate thing about entertainment but if somebody's making you a lot of money it's like okay well we'll de- we can deal with people trending or people being mad yeah. on the internet if but the money is still coming in yep. so like that's why they keep people like that around because like, let's i'm trying there's it. there's a really interesting example here not interesting but there's a really good example here and it's eluding me who exactly the person is i'm trying to think but there's like somebody who like really got in trouble and they just kind of like shrug their shoulders because they're a big money maker it'll come to me later but yeah it could, it could be a number of people <laughs> yeah um but yeah i mean so you don't have to enjoy them but you do have to recognize that they're just gonna be hanging around um yeah. that being said austin's role in the match he served it well I mean, he did what he was supposed to do um he got eliminated by jeff hardy it came down to Jeff and Seth, and um, I firmly believe that Jeff should have won and Seth should have lost. Um, I don't think Seth needed this. Uh, I think Seth has had... I mean, like, it's Seth Rollins. I do not have to tell you his accolades. He did not need this. And the reason that... And again, this is just a preference thing. You cannot please everybody, and you should not please everybody when it comes to wrestling. This is just... If if I were booking it for myself, I would have had Jeff be the sole survivor for SmackDown, and then I would have had him be Roman's feud going into day one, and I would have had Roman be like... I would have had Roman praising Jeff over the rest of the SmackDown locker room because he would have been like look this person actually represented smackdown and this person actually did what he was supposed to do you know what i mean like i would have had him make an example essentially especially with the usos i would have had him go very hard on being like look you guys lost your match but he can win his so why can't you do it like he did because we know in real life that jeff and roman have been friends for many many years (laughs) that jeff has known this family since like 1999 like he has been very close with this family for a long time we know that he's friends with the usos we know that he was friends with with uh with rosie and umaga like he is very close with this family and not only that but he has been going hard for this match against roman for like since 2017 at the earliest yeah like i still remember there was an interview from when he was a tag team champion with matt i believe in like 2017 um where someone asked him if he has made any surprising friends and he said yeah i ride around with dean and roman all the time so like he has been friends with roman in particular and he has been wanting to he wants he is so badly wants a match with roman reigns and i'm just like can they just just give it to him (laughs) um and so i would have used this as an opportunity to have jeff be the sole survivor when you know this big important match for smackdown and then have roman use him as an example of what he thinks like the usos and the rest of the smackdown locker room should do and because I can't really imagine them having, like, a feud feud, because I just don't think that will, will be believable, I guess. <laughs> because we know how close Jeff is with this family, um, and how close he is with Roman. So I just, in my head, it would have been more of a, Roman is absolutely underestimating Jeff and thinks that he could beat him easily, 
But he's like, you know what? Because Jeff did this, I'm going to give him a title match. And then yeah, like kind have of throwing that, him a bone almost. Yes, and then have it be an actual like, oh shit, I have to take this seriously thing. So that's again, that's just what I would have done because that is what makes sense in my head. Because what does Seth winning? What does that do for anyone? So personally, I'm on the opposite. Not I know I, you would be. <laughs> yeah. So it's not that I think that Seth should have won. I'm just okay with it. God I would have also Seth been Otaku. super. <laughs> <laughs> but also I was super okay with Jeff winning too I, I think it was one of those things where I think they came down to two really awesome people and I would have been fine with either of them being the sole survivor but Seth obviously has this thing coming up with Big E and Seth is one of those interesting people because he's kind of in that sweet spot of like he's always credible He so you can which is why he Seth, didn't need this even after <laughs> <laughs> right, which is why I, I, which is why I somewhat agree with you. That's why I don't disagree with you that he didn't need to win. I'm not arguing that he didn't that he did need to, um, but he does have a title match coming up whenever. Uh, um, he is the only person in the match who is currently like in the WWE Championship scene right now, and so it it well that's makes not true sense to me why he was the sole survivor. I just I do want to just make a quick correction. Kevin Owens has also been featured heavily in the title scene, so I, I just oh wanted well yeah Kev, make a, Kevin yeah. Owens also yeah I just wanted speaking, to yeah I just wanted to clarify out that the match. <laughs> so yeah so he's not the only he's not the only person but by that point because Kevin eliminated himself Seth was the only person um, so it it makes sense why he would be the sole survival survivor in my opinion um, I also think that it. You know, some people kind of... People are very weird about Jeff Hardy these days. It's so weird because, like, whenever he wins something, it's like, oh, my gosh, he needs to be putting over other people. He's old, you know, blah, blah, blah. But then when he loses, it's... I can't believe they're disrespecting this legend in Jeff Hardy. So I think, like, this was, in my opinion, a good middle ground of... Even though he ended up losing, he was the sole survivor for his team. And... He also got beat in tasteful manner. It wasn't like Seth just like squashed him or anybody squashed well, him. Also, like they actually kind of had a pretty decent back and forth. Can I throw this in and say that the reason that for me it, it also doesn't really hit with having Seth win is because by this point in his career, it feels like they have Seth win these big moments just because he's Seth. Like it doesn't, like that's what what I mean when I say that I feel like there isn't any point to it is well, like it's other know. it's it's just that ag- he is Seth Rollins you know what I mean it's I don't see I don't know if I can agree with that because one he's like the people he's in the match with like he's in a match with Bobby Lashley Drew McIntyre who they are seemingly I don't know if they're just waiting for the right time to go with him and Roman or if they just don't think, know what they want to do with him I right now. I think that's probably going to be like, like mid 2020. If Roman keeps the title past WrestleMania, I think that's going to be like their mid 2022 maybe late 2022. Well, whenever it happens, it seems as though like right now he's kind of like in this place of they want to keep him being a big deal, but they don't really know what to do with him necessarily. Wait, um, just Drew or Seth? So, Drew. Okay, sorry. Uh, so there, I, my, <laughs> I got my... It is my, just Seth's Pokemon evolution, so I'm like, I get him mixed up sometimes. 
Yeah, but my point being, like, I feel like there's plenty of people in the match they could have gone with, and, you know, like, I don't know. I just think that, like, I'm fine with Seth winning. I'm fine with him getting this because he's he's got a WWE Championship match coming up. He's lost every feud he's been in since last year. One second. Give us just one second, folks. Uh, I believe she's going to check on something. We're going to take a quick pause. Mm -hmm. All right, folks, we're back. Sorry about that. (laughs) Interruption. Sorry. But yeah, I feel feel like Seth has lost all his feuds he's been in for like the past year. He's kind of been doing really good work, but he also hasn't really like, he hasn't been in the title scene very much. He hasn't really like done anything of that caliber. So I feel like it's fine. Like, I don't. I I get the perspective that you know it's Seth, so they probably just went with Seth because it's Seth. But I also feel like you know, of everybody, he's the only. Like I guess besides Kevin Owens, he's kind of the only person in the match who's really, really doing anything. So it made to me, it just made well, more sense to go with him. Do you see why that everybody. also? But can you see like from my perspective of being like that's a good reason for him not to win the match because then if he's already present in the title scene, why does he need this? Why does he need to be more present? Why couldn't they use this as an opportunity even to, like, push, like, let's say, who the fuck was on Team Raw, to push even Austin? Because, like we said, they're high on Austin, so why wouldn't it have made equal sense for them to be like, well, we clearly want to push this young man, so why not have him be the sole survivor? Do you see what I mean? I mean, yeah, but... I get that. But I We're think, about like, to have another Seth Rollins it, episode just because of this. <laughs> I think it's turning like, into Seth I Rollins mean, part two. It's more, it just more immediate use for Seth because, like, if they're not necessarily doing anything with Drew, they're not necessarily doing anything really with Bobby. They're not. They're only kind of doing something with Austin. Then, like, what's the point? I, like, I feel like unless there is a direct plan to do something with it then why not just go with Seth because he he actually is going in the direction of using that momentum and using that win and you know like I also fully didn't expect Seth to be the sole survivor survivor I genuinely thought he would be like eliminated because you know he didn't nobody on the team liked him (laughs) he's literally on the team with everyone he's feuded with so far and so it's kind of I didn't think that in fact, what happened to Sasha, I was expecting that to happen to Seth. Um, but yeah, I mean, like like I said, I don't disagree that it would have been good for Jeff to win. I also don't disagree that it would have been fine if anybody else had won instead. I just can't say that I'm really bothered or think that there's really much of an issue with Seth winning. I mean, it's, it's going to be one of those agree to disagree things. Agree to disagree. Because, <laughs> you know, I'm just... I just don't think Seth needs to be in that space, you know? At this point, at this point in time, I don't think I'm ever really going to agree that Seth needs to be super deep into a title picture. At least, you know, not the the WWE title or the Universal title. I think I'm just I a little overexposed to him the- in that realm and this and that's a completely that's going to be different from person to person some people are always going to want seth in the title scene some people are going to want him periodically in the title scene periodically holding the title that's fine it's it's one of those things that again it's it's completely specific to every person 
I personally, I just feel. And maybe it's just because of how I interact with the Seth Rollins character and have always interacted with the Seth Rollins character that I just, I'm more likely to feel overexposed to him and therefore get more tired of him. But some people are not going to have that experience. And again, like as a Seth fan, I, I'm not one of those Seth. I'm not a fan of anybody in a way that I think they need to win everything all the time. I I can be realistic and say that I think that Seth has hit that sweet spot, so where he really doesn't necessarily need. We've seen it over the course of this year. Seth doesn't need to be in the title scene to be doing good work. You know, I think this is some of the most praise that Seth has gotten in a really long time and none of it has involved a title. Um, I still want, <laughs> I, I still, I am cool with him being in the title scene right now because I think that there's not really many other people on Raw right now who are necessarily ready for that spot. And that's also why I don't think that Seth is going to win the WWE Championship. I feel, I know why people are nervous about that, but Big E is also like super incredible and he's getting these huge, He's getting these huge opportunities and these huge, like, this huge exposure that I think that it would be kind of crazy to take that off of him and put it, give the title to Seth. I mean, you know, this... For wrestling fans, really good, but, like, as far as, like, you know, the other stuff that they've got Big Biggie doing as a, as a champion, I don't really see Seth doing that right now. Um, I mean... So, I, yeah. You know, they, they have surprised us in the past, um... Yeah, I so, get the fear because it is Seth. So, like, if anybody they're gonna just randomly give a title to, it, it would be Seth. But I and just let's not get into my problems with that. Happening. But uh, I, I have trouble envisioning Big E losing the title until at least the Rumble. I could maybe I see a title change there, maybe, but I can I. In my perception of the WWE as it is now, it makes sense to keep the two big titles on who they are on until at least WrestleMania. Like, have title changes yeah. at WrestleMania, if you must, you know, have... If you must, but I feel like everything's fine right now as far as, far as Roman and Big E go. Yeah, um, I just, even you know, I think... And this is... This is if, if anything makes me okay with Seth consistently being in any scene, title scene for whatever title, whatever, it's that I think the reason, more so than any, regardless of the fact that sometimes I think they do put titles on him just to put titles on him, and I'm not, I won't get into that. I think the reason that he is in that spot is because he is just reliable. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Like, he is, he's... You know, he's he can you know he is going to produce a good match you know he is going to produce good promos leading up to the match he is reliable he is a reliable worker and that is what you need when you don't have anybody else that you've built up enough you have that person who you can fall back on and i do think seth is kind of that guy that you can fall back on and i think that's exactly where he is right now and why where he's going into that right now because you know kind of like they're in this spot they just did the draft they still got a lot mm-hmm. they've got a lot of new stars on raw they've got a lot of people that they're kind of starting from scratch so you know 
mm-hmm. it it works. And as I, I feel like I, yeah, like I said, I feel like I don't actually see Seth winning the title, um, but I see why he is, and I do believe it, it is important for him for right now for the brand for him to be in the spot that he's in. Yeah, so that's the... kind of all my thoughts on that match. <laughs> so the next match, um, was uh. Uh, well, real quick, Battle I will Royal. say Jeff Hardy absolutely does need to be Roman's next challenger. Just let him have the fucking match. Um, so the next one was the Battle Royal. Um, this, <laughs> I know there's probably just oodles and oodles and oodles of criticism and just unpleasantness towards this match. It was fun. It was ridiculous. There was a lot of pizza spots. I have... It gave me every... The only thing... This is my only problem with this match. Literally my only one. Is that they wanted me to believe that Cesaro couldn't just hoist Omos up and eliminate him. Oh, that for is my sure. only... For sure. <laughs> they were trying to sell for it sure. as Cesaro needs help, and I'm like, no. I do not believe that. Mm-hmm. You will not get me to believe that. He could pick up Omos and another person he, at the same time. He like Big Show, and I'm pretty sure Big Show was, like, heavier than Omos. Yeah, like... He definitely have done Omos. That was my only... That, that was just straight up... That was the only issue I had. I thought it was funny. I thought it was ridiculous. I thought it was fun to see the, the interactions between certain characters. I actually really like that it came down to Omos and Ricochet, of all people. I thought yeah, that was actually... Yeah, David and Goliath. I thought that was cool. I, you know, regardless of, you know, some of his more stupid moments, I'm a pretty big fan of Ricochet. I I especially loved him as Prince Puma in Lucha, in, uh, Lucha Underground. He, I think he has an incredible amount of potential. I think he just needs a little bit more uh, polishing, I'll say. Um, and... I'm waiting for someone to make a bald joke about that. Uh, but I liked that it came down. <laughs> I certainly didn't think that it would come down to Ricochet and Omos. Like, we all knew it would be Omos. Because they were real high on that guy, too. Um, which, also, can I just say, I really enjoy uh, Omos and AJ Styles together. It's it's that stupid, you know, Kevin nash Shawn Michaels relationship. And I get a kick out of that. I think that's really fun. And so I... Um, I was 100% down with this. I thought it was a fun little, you know, it was obviously, it was, it was much like the zombie thing from, I, I don't even remember what pay-per-view that was with the Miz and, and all the zombies and stuff. It was, it that was product placement. Yes, it was, uh, you know, this was very obviously just product placement for Pizza Hut. And I thought yeah. that was fun. I <laughs> like I think... if you're gonna do it, make it fun. And this was fun. Like it ha- and it had Otis eating the pizza, and it had r Truth, and I always love r Truth. So and it had Chad Gable doing the big no. <laughs> when oh, like, there was so much fun in it, and it's just I loved it. I loved it. It was a nice little break, especially especially coming after the two very intense the the elimination match and the and the women's match it was a very you know you had these two very intense matches and it was kind of nice to just get like you know a little breather where it was like oh this is everybody having fun this is you know Sami Zayn getting you know screwed over by the other SmackDown guys like it was just 
entirely pleasant and enjoyable. Like, it didn't Like, I'm seeing people, like, the thing that I'm looking at right now gives, like, a letter grade to each match. And it said this one had a C plus, and I'm like, it doesn't need to be anything other than that. Like, it, like, no one thought we were gonna get, you know, like, main event level wrestling in The Rock's 25th anniversary 25-man dual branded battle royal. No one thought that. It was supposed to be, it was exactly what it was supposed to be. Um, I agree. I honestly, I, if I wanted to be like nerdy and complaining, I would say it kind of, this is a match I feel like maybe should have gone on first or been on the pre-show just because of the way that I believe a pay-per-view should be built. But also the bigger part of me is like, just enjoy shit and don't think about things like that. It's not your job. And so like, that's why I'm in the same boat of like, it was a fun match. I thought it was cute. Um, <laughs> you know, it was just a time to, it was an example of when you as a fan should just sit back and enjoy wrestling and let it be stupid. Um, and that's really what I thought of it. Can I also the, say, like, pretty much every- just real quick, I also thought little Jimmy would have stolen the egg. That's one of the directions that I <laughs> that thought they were going to go. <laughs> like- I'm surprised they didn't question him about it. I'm surprised he didn't say that, but yeah. <laughs> Just goes to show, Vince, yeah, if but, you're um, listening, I'm just saying, we got good ideas. <laughs> we good ideas. Yeah, but, like, I, I really enjoyed the, the Battle Royal. Um, I was going to say something. I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> oh, yeah, Omos winning. I thought that was a good choice. I really liked uh, the Street Profits throwing pizza into the crowd. That was a lot of fun. Man, and um, you know <laughs> the nasty-ass motherfuckers were eating that. <laughs> Yeah, that the pizza looked hard. It didn't even look like delectable. <laughs> um, well, that might just be pizza. It, it just had a lot of good spots. Also, this was so random, but I thought it, it popped me so hard that Dolph Ziggler was wearing a raw shirt and a SmackDown hat. Yeah. <laughs> like I don't know why I thought that was so funny. He's ridiculous. It just me so hard because he also, just, just comes up with the smallest things and they always pop me. Oh my god! I also will say. I really liked that, you know, he had the, like, pink tips in his hair. Like, we love that. We love a man who Dolph wears Ziggler pink. Is, Dolph Ziggler is, like, I, I hate to be the person to say it, but I feel like Dolph Ziggler is, like, a little bit in underrated territory. Like, he's very, inter- he can be very entertaining. He's always doing something interesting, something different. He, he's do, great. I like Dolph Ziggler. Do you remember there was a tweet a after one of the last um, rounds of releases? Yeah, I, I can't where- say what I really have where people, where somebody was like, uh, they released all these people, but how does Dolph Ziggler still have a job? And I was like, because he is, he is the ultimate professional wrestler. Like, and I truly believe that. Like, I appreciate Dolph Ziggler so much. He's never going to be my yeah. favorite wrestler, but think- he is, when I say he's the ultimate professional wrestler, I kind of mean it. Because he's just like... I mean, <laughs> he can do everything. Like, he's really good at all of it. And I've said since the beginning, there's like, we really got into that one era where everybody just wanted to be Shawn Michaels and everybody wants to be Shawn Michaels. And the only person I can say has ever come, not come close, but has ever done the Shawn Michaels 2 point. No, he's the only person who I've ever been like, I like this on you. Everybody else, it's always... Well, because it's, you know, the hat doesn't fit anybody else. It doesn't. It really only works for him. And so, 
and it's only ever worked for him. And he he's and it's because he genuinely is like Sean in that way that he's good at wrestling. He's really good at being a professional wrestler. He's very entertaining. Um, he can cut a good promo, honestly. Um, he's really good in the ring. His selling is just immaculate. Very underrated, in my opinion. And then he's just like I said, he's always doing something like he's one of the Sorry. only men on the roster who does. Sorry, there's a little with his hair. Even though it's insane there's, sometimes. There's been a little bit of lag the past couple of minutes on your end. Again, I think that's actually my Wi-Fi messing that up. So, sorry listeners if you actually catch mm-hmm. that. Um again, my Wi-Fi has been crazy all day. I don't know what's going on over here, but I mean, who the fuck knows? It's like that half the time. But uh sorry if you guys uh catch that. It's, you know, it'll be it'll be fixed by the next time that we do this. So, don't worry about that. Um, I mean, I, uh, I mean, I just, I think. Yeah, shout out to Dolph Ziggler. (laughs) Yeah, shout out to Dolph Ziggler. Also, another thing that he does that just real quick, uh, that I always just thought was always very cool is that, like, he would wear, like, the Kabuki Warriors shirts, you know? Like, he would actively be wearing merch for other wrestlers, usually women. And I was like, you know what? That's I pretty the awesome. First, the first, the first round of releases they did, like the first, like April fourteenth, really bad one from mm-hmm. last year. I remember uh, an indie wrestler who had just, got, or somebody who had just gotten released, saying that Dolph Ziggler came through and bought all their merch. Like he literally just came and bought like yeah. a bunch of his merch, their merch, on mass to support them, and I just think that. And he did that for a lot of people. So, you know, he he's a really genuine, like, outside of wrestling, he's a pretty genuine and cool individual. And then inside of wrestling, he's very talented. And I don't think he gets a lot of credit or love from fans for that. You know what? I'll say this, and this is a testament to what kind of person he is. I have never seen any of the ring rap blogs say anything negative about him. Like they got something that is negative. True. Like they got that, something would, they got something nasty to say about what? everybody. And then with Dolph, it's yeah. just like he's just Even a nice Roman. guy. <laughs> right? But with Dolph, it's just like he's yeah. just a nice dude who likes to hang out. And that's it. <laughs> <laughs> and that's really it. So shout out to Dolph Ziggler. Shout out to Dolph Ziggler, man. You rock. You are just I hope you find a way to listen to this because you are just an absolute bro you know in the best way and so after the battle royal we had the tag team match and so I actually didn't really I didn't dislike this match but I didn't like it like it it, um, it was a good match I'm in the same boat and like it almost felt like the time was off Like it, I just felt like it was kind of underwhelming like yeah there was just something off. You know what I mean? Like, um, there was... Yeah. I, I can't yeah. even put my finger on it. Which is... I don't... Because the wrestling I'm just wasn't... i blame it on Matt Riddle. <laughs> <laughs> well, because I'm just like, the wrestling wasn't bad. I thought there were a lot of really good spots. I thought the wrestling was good. But there was just something missing. And I cannot figure out what it was. It, maybe it was just one of those things where it just didn't quite click. 
but it just yeah it was a little yeah, underwhelming just, yeah which is like i'm a big usos fan i think we all know that um so i really i'm gonna be honest and say i don't even know that i paid very much attention to this match either because i was probably just thinking about jay the whole time <laughs> um he did be having some badonka donk in um, that match last night, I will say. Because, no, like, honestly, now that I'm sitting here thinking about it, the only two things that stood out to me really about that match was Jimmy cursing literally as the match started, and then him and Jay hugging outside the ring for some reason. Yeah. I'm just like, there's such idiots. Literally, as soon as the bell rings, let's motherfucking go! And then rolling out the ring to just sit there and hug for two minutes instead of fighting um and that's about as anything that really stood out to me as far as this match goes it just really wasn't much to it i felt like i felt like this was another win that could have gone to smackdown i don't really see why rk bro needed to win this match um especially <sighs> considering like the usos have kind of been on this dominant thing with roman mm. but when it comes down to stuff like this roman gets his moment but they don't um so I feel like they, sh- they could have won this match. Um, but I it think also just... they were trying to give it to Randy because he's got his, yeah. his, his little historical thing going on or whatever. If anything else, I would say that it made sense for uh, RK-Bro to win just because of that. But there wasn't really any other reason other than the, just the general stupid raw sweep thing. But I don't yeah. know. I mean literally the most interesting moment of the match was was the weird hug you know what i mean like <laughs> um like the only other thing i yeah. really remember from which the they, match which is funny because they've done that before well the only other thing that like i remember happening was a spot where matt spun one of them around and like a gut wrench suplex hold for like a couple of seconds and I I remember sitting there thinking oh that's pretty cool and then other than that there's like nothing it's like the hug in that one moment and I don't know I could sit here and speculate on what the hug is supposed to mean but you know (laughs) we can do so what commentary so what's funny is they they did this on the last live show that I went to and I remember thinking then what the hell are they doing they literally just stood over there and hugged um, but to see them do it on TV is really funny too because like why but what commentary was saying was like oh you know he's giving him like emotional or motivational support and like I could kind of see that when the camera was on them like you could see like Jay kind of talking to him um, but it, I don't know I feel like the spot has the potential to be really funny they just need to place it a little bit better in the matches um, because the where it comes in the match kind of seems a little bit like why are they doing this um, instead of being well, I what I think could be a potentially really funny spot. I didn't think it was supposed to be funny. Like, I don't know if that's what <laughs> really? they were going for. Like, I thought it was supposed to be like an actual, like, weirdly serious moment. <laughs> so that's one of the reasons Which why... Which makes it, it even, even more awkward then. Because it was the beginning of the match. It wasn't even like Jimmy's gotten beat up yet. Why are yeah. you, like, about to cry? It was just, it was odd. It was odd enough to to notice in a match of unnoticeable yeah. things. So, one way or another, I mean, it yeah. was good wrestling. If you want to watch two very good tag teams wrestle, it's a perfectly fine match. It's just not, you know, 
this could have been the opening match and it and it would have been fine yeah it could have been an opener so either way the next one was the women's uh match and i mean i i enjoyed that it was this was a good match full of good wrestlers except for two that i think are not good wrestlers but i will again try to not be mean um but i mean it was just a it I was have a little i have a sorry i kind of have a lot of thoughts on this match i don't know if it's a lot of thoughts but i feel like it wasn't that well people kind of like the crowd turned on the match a little bit at a certain point and then like i saw a lot of people on the internet kind of saying like you know they felt like it was a little bit mistimed and i kind of felt that at some moments where i kind of felt like i was waiting on it to pick up but i don't think it was as bad as some people thought it was um there were some uh, there were a lot of people in the match who hadn't really been in the ring with each other well not that they haven't been in the ring with each other before but just like in this particular setting you know like tony um shotzi's new to the main roster um who else was on team raw oh carmella and zelina who i think carmella and zelina are decent wrestlers but like they just didn't really add much to the match um as far as everything is concerned and the only thing that really in my opinion stuck out in this match was that Tony got a lot of eliminations for some reason, which I'm assuming is so they can build up some credibility for her to go face Charlotte. And then, you know, Sasha and Bianca's face off was like pretty much the highlight of the match. Um, I don't know why Liv got eliminated so quickly considering she's going into a program with Becky, but also it kind of like, in the context of the story her and Becky have, it kind of makes sense why Liv got eliminated, I guess. but it just seemed like a lot of it was just a little bit underwhelming and kind of a little bit mistimed and a little bit awkward. And then um, the finish, I really didn't mind the finish. I kind of got into it with somebody on Tumblr about it because they were upset that Bianca was the sole survivor. They feel like she, quote, steamrolled Team SmackDown, which I don't believe is the case. Okay. Um, Ho- I feel like, like she... Hold on. I I gotta take issue with that. So... I I can understand if you don't like Bianca being frustrated with Bianca having the performance that she did. My view of it was that it could have been five on one and Bianca would have won, which I think is exactly the story, which I think is the story that they should tell. Bianca should absolutely be presented as better than everyone. That one hundred percent should be the direction they go. I had my issues with the men's match, you know, and, and Seth being the sole survivor because, you know, he already has all these accolades and, and all that. I've said my piece about that, but it's almost the inverse for Bianca because she's gotten so many accolades in such a short period of time that this is very clearly them building her as having the rookie year of all rookie years. You know, like this, this is exactly how yeah, this should have that's been. What, and that was what I was kind of trying to explain to that person. Because, I mean, who who, yeah, like who else, kind of who else would have been the sole survivor? It, it, what would they have won? That's what I said, too. And they were like, okay, 
like the only other people in the match it could have even made sense for them to be the sole survivor is Sasha because she's Sasha like literally no other reason besides that or maybe Liv because she's going into the story with with Becky but if she wants to prove like she's not this loser that Becky's trying to make her out to be but like I said given the story considering the opposite happened it also plays into the story that Becky's right about her she is I'm not saying Be- I'm not saying Liv is a loser, but in the context of the story, Becky thinks that Liv is a loser, and this proves her right. You know, so it yeah. makes sense for her to get eliminated. You know, so the only other person, there's nobody else in the match. It could have or should have been is what I was trying to explain to this person. Not to mention, it's kind of weird to say that Bianca steamrolled SmackDown when Tony got three eliminations by herself, and she hasn't even been on TV like Tony that in got- the last couple months. Bianca's Sorry. literally been on. Real quick correction: Tony got two eliminations. I just sorry. I just, again, she got I wanted, two eliminations. Yeah, but like she, she, but she did get the first. Two. Yeah, correct so. information, but like she got the first two, and it was like a very prominent part of the match. Clearly, yeah. part of the story that they were telling that she's getting all these eliminations. So, like, if you're mad that Bianca steamrolled Raw, then or steamrolled SmackDown, then why would you have an issue with Tony getting all those eliminations? Yeah, it makes sense, especially after SmackDown sabotaged themselves as a team by kicking out their captain and the most credible person who they had. And honestly, not to mention that... um um my. Fr- Sorry, somebody else made a good um in that someone else made a good point to me in saying that none of those other women have ever beaten Bianca besides Shayna. So if anybody could have beaten Bianca and it would have made sense, it would have been Shayna. But they eliminated Sasha. Shotzi's never beaten Bianca. Natty's never beaten Bianca. So why would it make why wouldn't it make sense for her to be able to overcome all three of them? Considering her entire gimmick is that she's better than everybody. Yeah. Like, and also, can I just say, like yeah, she's never beaten Shayna before last night, but even then, that's not who Shayna is anymore. Exactly. Shayna is not so, NXT Shayna, so it wouldn't have made sense for her to be the sole survivor because obviously they're not pushing her at the top anymore, which is fine. I actually don't have a problem with that. Shayna's gonna be fine one way or another. Even if she gets exactly. released, I think she- even if she gets released from WWE, she can go off and work with Josh Barnett again, and it'll be fine. Like she's yeah. she like anybody can bounce back, and like if anybody can bounce back from anything, it's Shayna. And my issue with with this is again, like that's like saying that Brock Lesnar shouldn't have beaten a bunch of people in two thousand two, like you don't say that about someone who they are clearly thinking of as the up-and-coming top star. She is the next big right. thing. So, of course, they're gonna have her. That's the... Of all of the matches that Raw could have won, this is the one I wanted Raw to win because I wanted Bianca to win. <laughs> like, it was... Right. Exactly. Because like, it was the only one just, that made sense. It makes the most sense. And then also, too, like, another point that I had made to that person and I'm not and again I just want to specify I'm not saying this is something that a lot of people thought this was literally a singular individual that I got into it with over this but I just thought it was so insane that anybody even one person would think this but like you know Bianca did get beaten in 26 seconds by a woman who had just come back from maternity leave um, and then also proceeded to lose to that same woman about three or four more times so like to like it also serves the purpose of giving Bianca some of her momentum back yeah. you know like she was on this big 
like high of winning all these matches and getting all these accolades, being at the top of the company in such a short time that was halted in 26 seconds. And now she's getting back and regaining kind of that credibility to continue to say, oh, well, I am the top of the line. By basically saying, I took out three women on my own when this odds are stacked against me. Um, and then now she's, and then also too, it makes sense in the context of the storyline she's telling with Dewdrop. She can prove Dewdrop wrong that I did deserve to be on Survivor Series. Look, I won the damn thing. And Dewdrop can say, oh, well, you know, you get, you're getting everything, blah, blah, blah. It should have been me or whatever. You can know, I, it, it just made sense. So I felt like this person was complaining about nothing. And here's, here's, two other little nitpicks I have. Number one, I just don't like Sasha as a face. I, I, I just, like, of course I like her. I, 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 I love Sasha as a wrestler, so of course I, you know, I'm gonna enjoy the product that Sasha puts out one way or another. But, um, I just, I, it's very far from my preference to have her as a face and they seem to be pushing her as a face on SmackDown and I just can't get into that. So that's, and it was very much a face being, you know, got at by all these heels thing. So that is one little nitpick. The other one that, and this is purely, this is just a me thing. Other people probably loved this. That's cool. That's, you know, I'm, I'm not going to tell anybody they're wrong. I don't love that it came down to Bianca and Shotzi. And that is purely because I just don't think Shotzi should be in that spot. I do not think they should push her as a serious contender. I just... I personally cannot ever buy her as that. And again, that's a personal thing. But it just... It also just doesn't... It, it To me, it almost would have been, made more sense to have it come down to Bianca and Shayna to kind of touch back on that, you know, yeah. oh, she's never beaten Shayna, so is this going to be another right one of those? With Shotzi, it just seemed like they're throwing, yeah. you're playing with your new toy. And it, it just didn't, it would have made more sense to me to have Shayna be Bianca's last elimination because they also could have drawn it out a little bit more and been like, ooh, is Shayna gonna, you know, all that, because, because you believe it, you mm -hmm. know, you believe, you believe that Shayna could beat Bianca. I don't think you believe Shotzi could beat Bianca. So it's almost uh, like, yeah, you that was kind of one of those moments where it was like, you gave away the end of the, what's what's that phrase where you bury the lead? Yeah. Kind of thing. I might no, have no, used not... that wrong, but like I yeah. agree. But yeah, you know, I know what you mean, and it's just again, I, I I'm never gonna take Shotzi seriously, so that's my personal problem with it. But it's also just that there was an actual story with Bianca and Shayna going way back that they could have touched on, and I'm a big fan of. Obviously, if you have listened to any episode of this podcast at all, you know that I'm a big fan of callbacks. I like when they call back yeah. to an old storyline. It's one of the reasons why I want Tim Thatcher to show up on SmackDown and start fighting Drew McIntyre. Um, because they had a very intense storyline on the independent circuit. And they were, you know, they share one very specific accolade that I think should be touched on. And, and that's just, you know, that's 
a personal thing for me that I would have liked to see more of here. And so those are my two little things. I do like that Shayna got to eliminate, or uh, I do think that, uh, yeah, Shayna got to eliminate Rhea, which I thought was cool. Uh, it wasn't quite as much yeah, of the callback. That's a little bit of a callback be, in I, of itself. But, you know, yeah. I liked that. Uh, and then it turned into the whole thing with shot with Sasha. And actually, I will say, um, when this was happening, I thought they were going to do the thing they did in the Survivor Series I mentioned earlier from way back in the day, where they had all of the team get eliminated. Because by that point, I Bianca thought all was... of them were going to get <laughs> Yeah, I thought all of them were going to get counted out. Right? So I thought yeah. it was going to be Bianca Belair's Razor Ramon That's... just shrugging at the camera like, well... <laughs> I was, I was very confused for like a second and then also something so i kind of like i'll say this i agree with you and that i didn't love shotzi being the final one but i i actually really like shotzi as a wrestler i i've watched that's her why i'm trying to be nice <laughs> you know i don't care you can slander my face i don't take it to heart like that but like um i don't like shotzi as a heel and i don't i don't like Sasha as a face against Shotzi as a heel. If That's, yeah. Bianca turned heel, if Bianca turned heel, I can believe face Sasha against heel Bianca. I can believe face Sasha face Sasha against Shayna. I can believe face Sha- Sasha against a couple of different people. Maybe even against a heel Rhea. But Shotzi to me, I feel like they really made the wrong call in turning Shotzi heel. Um, because she is really, in my opinion, very charismatic and fun as a face. She's got the tank. She's got these things. She's marketable in that way. And so it seems very weird to me to take away all the things that make her really good and put her in this avenue that she she does not need to be in. And inversely, for Sasha, uh, Sasha works incredibly well no matter where you put her, but she also is doing some really, really good work as a heel. And it seemed very weird to me when you have somebody who is as great as a face as Sasha as Shotzi was and somebody who is as great as a heel as Sasha was especially the story that they kind of told with Bianca with Bianca being the rookie and Sasha trying to prey on her downfall they could have done something like that with Sasha and Shotzi um but I believe that what we're getting is that they're trying to turn Sasha face so she can come up against Charlotte um down the line even though, you know, so they're kind of separating them for now and they're going to converge their paths soon or um, eventually. So I get the bigger picture of it. It just seems very weird given the individuals that they chose. Hell, I might have even liked to have seen Zaya come in against Sasha as a heel and Sasha as a face. Mm-hmm. I just don't like the fact that they turned Shotzi heel at all. And especially putting her against Sasha as a face just makes zero sense to me. And I almost want to say it would have made more sense if Sh- Sasha, saying both of their names... It's difficult, it isn't it? <laughs> There's a lot of shit like, sh- noises. <laughs> yeah. Like, but, like, I think Sasha could have, like, cost Shotzi since they, like, sab- she basically sabotaged the entire team. Mm-hmm. Um... You know, but like, yeah, like I said, I, I agree with you in that I don't think it should have been Bianca and Shotzi. I think it should have been Bianca and Shayna in that, you know, just the whole thing was kind of a little bit weird. But um, um, I, I want to throw all in all the match was fine. I just want to throw my two cents in about all, all of that. And 
First off, uh, if they're gonna do Sasha and Charlotte, can they just let them both be heels? Can they just just let them be the nastiest motherfuckers? Yeah, like, can you imagine just a a prime heel Sasha versus heel Charlotte? Can you imagine how nasty that would get? That's exactly what I want. Sorry, everyone, Nia's gone away for just a second. I'm gonna go ahead and keep talking. Uh, but I just like I love me a good face versus face, and I love good heel versus heel, and I think that they need to stop being afraid of that. Because I lo- again, I love heel versus heel. I love face versus face. I think it's something that can be very, very good. I, it's one of the reasons why I hope that actually, you know, Tim does come back to NXT soon and we get face Tim versus face Tommaso in a nice little, you know, end of the year feud or beginning of the year feud. Maybe they can even do another War Games title back. Or not War Games, Fight Pit title back. I, I like that and I think they need to stop being afraid of that and I think having two of the best heels of the past decade in Sasha and Charlotte gives you a prime opportunity for a very good because you know people are gonna cheer and boo and and do you know they're just gonna love it they're just gonna enjoy it they're gonna Um, do all that regardless yeah (laughs) but they're gonna do it for whomever regardless so it doesn't really make a difference but I also and this is this is with with the uh with the qualifier of I just don't like her it does seem odd to me to not necessarily to make Shotzi a heel. I think done right, it could really work. I just don't think they did it right. I think that she could pull off the heel role, but it would have to be very specific. And I don't think she's ready for it, and I don't think they're ready for it. So it's kind of weird to uh, just have her start... That's kind of my issue with it, too. Yeah, it's kind of weird to just have her all of a sudden start being, you know, this angry, you know, pissed off heel, especially against Sasha, who, you know, hasn't done anything to her, really. Yeah, I mean, like, there's, it's, I think it, it kind of is like the Damien Priest thing. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. It's almost like the Damien thing where there's really no motivation behind it. It seems very, like, okay. And then also, like, genuinely and again I, I i say this i do like shotzi a lot i'm not saying this like as a hater i just don't think she's executing it very well like there was moments in the match where she would like yell at sasha and it wasn't it wasn't intimidating it didn't yeah. feel angry it felt like funny to me and that's which that's is not what you it. want i don't think that's what she's going for and see yeah. that's that's part of the problem because i think they saw i think they saw raya i think they saw raya be yeah. this kind of because Rhea and Shotzi have very similar styles. You know, very similar. Mm-hmm. Not wrestling styles, personal styles. And, and the way they dress. And, like, their aesthetic. And their aesthetic. So I think they saw Rhea as this kind of, you know, terrifying heel alt girl. Um, who then they decide to make a face, which, you know, kind of works. Uh, and, yeah, she's been doing it. But they were like oh well we you know we need this on we we need the heel version of this on smackdown and so they were like well shotzi and i just i don't think shotzi isn't intimidating is the right word i just don't think she's intimidating i don't think she's ever been intimidating i don't think she can be her whole thing is and do not take this the wrong way kid do not take no do not take this the wrong way when i say it because it's gonna sound bad and I recognize that it sounds bad. But the way that me, that I have always described her when talking about her with my family and stuff, to me, 
she is a female Darby Allen. She's a good base wrestler whose whole thing is these dangerous, you know, look at me, I, you know, my name's Johnny Knoxville, welcome to Jackass, you know, that kind of thing. And that's not bad. Lots of people like that. Lots of people like that about Shotzi. And I think that's good. I I think that absolutely has... Unlike some people, I actually think that does still have a place in wrestling. You know, it's not my favorite thing, but I do think it still has a place. Some people think that all of that needs to go away. I think that's ridiculous. Um, but that's how I've always described her, because that's what she comes off to me as. Is being this very, you know, young kind of alt-punk, you know, does a lot of dangerous stuff, but is a good base wrestler if you actually, like, look at her in the ring. I don't think she's great, but I do think she has a solid foundation. And so it's weird to me to see somebody who, because I also, I'm never going to buy Darby Allen as a heel. So you know what I mean? Because, like, I just, I don't think you can take this character, which is essentially a stupid 15-year-old jumping off their roof, and tell me that that's and tell me that that's a heel. Like I'm sorry, it just doesn't it just doesn't work for me. That's not a heel. That's it. It makes me think of you know, it makes me think of a stupid teenager. And I'm just I'm I'm never gonna sit there and think, oh yes, this is definitely a real threat to Sasha or Charlotte or whoever. I just I can't buy it. To me, and, it's like she's like she. I don't and, know. Maybe I'm just hung and up on I the do think... kid thing. Like, I feel like when I see her, it feels very like it reminds me of like, because I I'm a theater kid too. So, but so it reminds me of like being on stage and the way that you do things in a very like kind of like theatrical way. And she's not doing it in like a way that is meant to elicit an upsetting reaction from you. The way she does it makes me feel like it's like. She's playing, like, a character in a musical. And musicals are almost always funny. I want to say... Like, that's just... I don't know. Maybe that's just my... The way I perceive it. And this is... This is entirely speculation on my point. I... And obviously, I I don't know a whole lot about her pre-WWE career. Um, But I can't... I I don't really think that Shotzi has ever played a very serious heel. And they want her to be... They clearly want her to be a serious yeah. heel. I don't think she's ever really been a serious heel in her career. Not a serious one. Maybe, like, a, you know, tweener one. But it just doesn't seem like she enjoys it. It seems like she almost doesn't know it's how to... It's just not natural for her. It's yeah. kind of like... Yeah... I think that's a good way to phrase it and that it's not natural for her because it it doesn't come off like it's unnatural like with Sasha with Charlotte even with Becky to some degree Bailey too Asuka I mean even Bianca as a heel is is viable you're like yeah okay I could believe that this person would you know be about that life I don't look at shots like you. You can't show me all Shotzi that I saw in NXT and make me think yes. This is it's like trying to have Ember Moon be a heel. That's what I was gonna say. Like not necessarily with Ember Moon, but my example is gonna be Naomi. But I stop myself now because I feel like good. even Naomi found her groove as a heel. I like when Naomi. she was a heel. But I'm glad you mentioned Bailey because I was gonna say I think 
maybe the thing that Shotzi needs is to find like a way that being a heel works for her because Bailey was a heel but she was still Bailey like yeah she made it her own she did things that were kind of ridiculous and stupid so she knew she couldn't be a 100% serious I'm gonna kill you heel all the time because that would have never been her that would have never worked she she did it in a way that was was like authentic to herself and i just don't think that shotzi has found that groove with this yet and i i'm fear for her as a fan i fear for her that she never will and that they're either going to end up like throwing her to the mid card or they're going to like end up just turning her back face anyways yeah it's just i don't know it's a rough situation Mm -hmm. that they've put her in and it's just, I mean, again, this this is coming from someone who actively doesn't really like Shotzi, <laughs> but it's, I think it's rough because they, uh, I don't know. It's just rough because I just don't think it's going to work for her in the long run and they're going to have to figure something out and then they're going to panic and it's just going to be a mess. Either way, yeah, anybody just... who thinks uh, Bianca being the sole survivor is a dumbass, that was very cl- that was the only right answer to this match. Um, so, nuts to them. <laughs> All the rest of it was good. You know, there was a lot of good wrestling. I do agree that some of it was... I mean... I do agree that some of it seemed awkward and kind of mistimed, but, like, I liked that. (laughs) Like, this is actually the only time where I've seen wrestlers, like, kind of mistime things, and I was like, yeah! I love this! And I don't know why. I think it was maybe because of... I don't think it was as... Sorry, I was just gonna say, I agree. I just don't think it was as bad as people were making it out. Oh, I don't think it was as bad as people are making it, but I'm saying that, like... I think because of who was in the match, because, like, look, let's look at the people who were in the match, right? Like, it was, we had Liv Morgan, we had Zelina Vega, we had Shotzi, we had Tony, and like you said, a lot of the reasonings for why maybe a lot of these missed times happened, and I do think, I do think this is why Shayna and Natalia were in this match, um, and mm-hmm. Sasha, honestly, um, because I think all three of them are trustworthy when it comes to handling people and calling matches. Um, Can we talk about that though with Natalia though? Because I well, see I was a just lot gonna, of fame. I was, I get it. I was just gonna say real quick. Sorry, just go ahead. to finish that thought. I was I was gonna say I think that their newness is what made it awkward, and to me, that's what made it entertaining. I liked seeing that. Because I was like, it it made it feel more real. Taking it back to where we were talking about Becky and Charlotte, it looked like a struggle. It looked like they were fighting, and I like that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Sorry, but yes, uh, Natalia. Mm-hmm. I love Natalia. She's yeah, wonderful. a lot of people complain about Natty being in matches like this, and I think that it's because a lot of them don't understand the the role that Natty mm-hmm. is in and the purpose she serves to be in these matches. Mm-hmm. Natty is like a ring general. She is the person who you can put her in there with anybody because she's such a veteran and she has such a mind for the business and that she knows what she's doing in a ring. You can put her in there with somebody and she can guide them and she can handle them. And so when you have, especially when you have a big multi-woman match, it's in, that's where we very often see Natty kind of get thrown in, quote unquote, randomly. It's usually these multi-woman matches it's because she's a good person who can keep the match on track and, and guide everyone and 
and yeah. lead everyone. And um, same thing, I think, with Shayna. She's also, like, a veteran. And Sasha, obviously. Um, everybody on Team Raw, besides Carmella and... and um, I want to call her by her real name so bad. Like, the, her real name is the only thing coming to me and not her ring name. Zelina. <laughs> Zelina. <laughs> I just... In my brain, I just kept thinking Thea. And I don't know why. That was the only thing I could think of. But, like... The, besides those two everybody on team raw is like kind of fairly newish like they've all been wrestling for a long time but they've never really been in this kind of scenario before really um and so and there was nobody on team raw with that kind of veteran experience to lead them i think carmela is just now finding her own footing as a wrestling as a wrestler so i wouldn't say that she's necessarily equipped to like be that leader of the match that maybe they needed um so yeah i see i see a lot of people often like kind of complain or joke or get upset about um natty being in these matches but she's not there for nothing guys and people i've seen i know it's mostly a joke but i've seen people alluding to our like tj being the producer of most women's matches and they think oh he's just trying to give his wife something to do i don't think that's what it is i think it's just that natty is really reliable and they can always count on her to help guide the newer girls and if you guys want to continue to see newer girls like tony and Rhea um and shotzi getting I mean, to participate in matches like this then you're gonna you're gonna ha- have to just take that and that natty so, or somebody like Natty is going to be present because they have to be in order for the match to not be a shit show. I mean, let's. I mean, like I'm looking at Natty's Wikipedia page because I wanted to like fact check this. She signed with WWE in 2007. She made her main roster debut in 2008. <laughs> like, sh- like she is the ring general of the women she is i mean there is not heart dungeon she worked the indies people don't really remember that about natty but she did she wrestled in japan if i'm not mistaken i mean she Um, i mean there is not a woman with more experience especially with more wwe experience and that's the thing i think people are overlooking is they're not just looking for someone with you know a ton of experience if they wanted someone with a ton of experience they could pick a, a lot of different women they're looking with someone exactly. with specifically wwe experience wwe t- tv experience and wwe pay-per-view experience natalia is that she has is she that? has more exactly. than a lot of the dudes right now <laughs> like she's she, yes i yeah. mean like she has she is one of their longest tenured people at this time and she does not get the respect she deserves Cause she was even she was before I think what people call the divas era, like she's been she mm-hmm. was there. Victoria was still there when she was there. You yeah. know what I mean? Like she's been around for a long. Time. I remember watching Natalia before I stopped watching wrestling. Like she's been there for a long, long time, and she absolutely deserves more respect than she gets. Because you know what? She's a good wrestler. I'd argue she's a she great is. wrestler. She's stupidly good at her job. But people, I guess I don't. I don't actually know what people's problems with Natalia are. Maybe it's because she's. Like... I think it's because Natalia. Natalia is one. I think it's age. Like people's ageism kind of comes out in that she's an older woman, not an old woman, but an yes, older very woman old at age thirty-nine. To... <laughs> right, like she's an older woman. She's like you said, she's been around the block for forever. So I think that's part of it. And then also too, like when people think of the Divas era, N- Natty doesn't necessarily 
fit that mold, which has been something she's had to struggle in her career in terms of like getting booked and getting opportunities. Um, because as reliable as Maddie is, she doesn't necessarily always get the same shine as some of the girls. And she's always putting, like, I don't know how people sit here and complain about Maddie being a part of this stuff because she's there to just put everybody over anyways. That's all And she that's does. what everyone wants out of the older people. Coming over. Exactly, exactly. Which brings me back to my point of like, I don't know what's weird about fans where they like call everyone old, but then when the older people are putting everyone over, they're either not giving them the credit for that or they get mad about it. It's weird. So like, like I think that Natty has a, a purpose that she serves in these matches, a very broad purpose, um, and that people just need to get over it. And like, if you don't want to see her in those matches, then too damn bad. She's there to make sure that because the thing is, is if the matches are fucked up, then y'all are going to just complain about that too. So, like, why not Why not give it its best possible chance to have a good course of action instead of complaining because, you know, you wanted somebody else to be in the match or you think that's random that she's there. It's just frustrating to me. Cause that's I'm also... my tangent. That's my rant <laughs> in defense of Natty. It's, it's frustrating to me because I'm just sitting here like, I truly can't understand, you know, other than maybe the ageism and stuff like that, like, what people's problem with her is. Because she's just it, an excellent, excellent professional wrestler. She's really good at what she does. She's good in the ring. She may not be, like, the biggest high flyer or anything, like, spectacularly like that. But in terms of, literally, I remember Sasha singing. I can't remember. It might have been Natty who said it. One of them said it. They said that they, she had, I guess Natty has like a wrestling ring somewhere and um, people go there and train with her sometimes. And she said that her and Sasha literally got in the ring together. No cameras, no audience, just the two of them in a ring in this random place. And they had an hour long wrestling match together. I would kill somebody to see the footage of that match because I know that is probably one of the greatest wrestling matches that has ever occurred. And it didn't happen in front of anyone because they're just both so good at what they do and so many of your favorite wrestlers go and train with natty to get better because she's that good at what she does so like just put some respect on her name do we think that ronda would have been able to do anything if it hadn't been for natalia ronda shana 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 also is trained with natty like plenty of people would be nowhere without Natty. Lana, Lana did not start to improve in the wrestling ring until she started training with Natty. Yep, Natty regularly. Because I mean, like literally, that's. <laughs> I hope that they keep her on as a trainer, one way or another. Like when she stops wrestling, I really hope that they. Yeah, just keep her I can see that. As a trainer, it's the same situation with Tim that I have. I'm like, they need to keep them like whether or not you're gonna have them wrestle you need to keep them because they are too good to not have right they're too valuable and they're gonna make sure your next generation of superstars are where they need to be exactly and you know just this is all this is all just one big shout out to a couple of different blondes <laughs> that's that's what this is turning into. Shout out to Dolph Ziggler. Shout out to Natalia. Just because. So yeah, do you want to talk about Biggie and Roman? That's the last match, right? Uh, I believe so. Yes, I believe that is the last match. Um, so it's 
infamously I've I've said I'm infamously not a fan of of Drew and Roman's match from last year. One of the reasons why I'm not a fan of that match is because it felt like it went 15 minutes too long. And so let on this Roman Reigns and Big E match, it it was a 21 minute it was a 22 minute match essentially. And I kind of feel like it was too short. <laughs> like I, I I don't know if maybe because I was just so strongly expecting there to be like the new day running in the Usos running in, the Rock running in, Brock running in, all them motherfuckers coming into the ring. Like, I don't know if I had just ex- Something. Ex- expected so much that it felt unfinished, but it kind of felt like it needed, like, two or three extra minutes, because I was like, where is the rest of the match? <laughs> like, and that's not to I say- I also think that just speaks to, like, that just speaks to how good Roman and Big E are together, because I kind of felt the same way where, like, I was like, I feel objectively that this match has been going on for some time, but I don't want it to be over yet. And when it was over and I was like, no, keep going. And like, honestly, like, I will say, I don't think it's either of their best match ever. I do think it was nice to see, um, I, I don't, I don't know quite how to phrase it, but it was nice to see Roman fight a big dude, but fight him... Almost like Roman was smaller. You know what I mean? Because yeah. he, he does this very occasionally. Actually, the only other time I can really remember him. It's it's more that he's fighting someone who's strong. Because yeah. he, he wrestles Big E almost the same way he wrestles Cesaro. Bro- oh. like I gotta rewatch that match. I'm sorry. <laughs> I really loved that match. And I need to rewatch it just for my The one enjoyment. where Roman climbs Cesaro like a tree? Yes! Oh my god, I I'm love talking that the, the one way back in, like, 2017. Oh, no, I'm talking about the match from this year. That match Oh, no, I'm talking about the one from, like, 2017, where nah, he climbed him like a tree, that. and it was fucking beautiful. He uh, did the same thing! He did it again! <laughs> but, if I remember correctly. Uh, but he did that with Big E. On Sunday. Uh, he had at least a very similar spot, and I was like, see, this is... I like, like... People talk about you know, Roman being a a limited wrestler. And I'm like, I just don't think you guys are actually looking at the ring. I think maybe mm-hmm. you guys are looking at the floor or something and not seeing what's actually happening in front of your eyes because he is not a five moves of doom, dude. You know? No. He is not a Becky Lynch. Like, he has a very varied and genuinely interesting wrestling repertoire. I feel like I was mispronouncing certain letters right there, but whatever. And it's... I think it's nice that he... I think I would like to actually see him get a wider variety of opponents. It's one of the reasons why I want to see him work with Jeff, because I want to see what those two styles look like together. Against each other. Um Especially as long as it's not a squash match, like if Jeff actually gets offense in, that's when it gets interesting. Because I want to see how he fights Roman. And, but I think Roman just, he, 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 he understands that you can't fight everybody the same way. And I really like when wrestlers understand that. And 
understand that you have to have a different approach to different opponents. And not all of them do. Let's just be honest with ourselves. Yeah. Not all of them do. <laughs> but in a... And for some people that works. I'll, you know, I'll say, you know, there's always exceptions. For some people it works. But Roman just understands that, like, he can't wrestle Big E the way he wrestles Brock. And it may be subtle differences, but there are differences. And I think they really, he really showcased that ability on Sunday. And I keep wanting to say last night, because in my brain it's like, it makes Me sense too. to do this review the day after. And I'm like, no, it's Tuesday. Tomasa things are happening tonight. Pay attention. Oh, um, shit. I forgot about that. <laughs> I, <laughs> I'm contractually obligated to remember NXT. Um, but it's also like... I don't know. It's it it was a good like it was an enjoyable match. I I I had a good time watching it. I do love Biggie. Um I think he's very entertaining. I think his style of wrestling isn't like quite for me, but it's super close. Um enough to the point that with the right people, I really enjoy watching Biggie wrestle. Um I enjoyed on Sunday. I thought him and Roman had really good chemistry. Um I am happy that me and my dad kind of talked about it a little bit while the show was going on because he had read, uh, he had apparently come across a very compelling argument that Big E should have won because a loss wouldn't have hurt Roman. And I kind of argued the opposite. I was like, a loss would hurt Roman, but wouldn't hurt Big E. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, because I, I, I kind of agree. I think a loss would have hurt Roman because they are building him as this unbeatable, you know, mm -hmm. monster of a champion. Whereas Big E, you know, his whole thing, it's it's harder to have your heel champion. It's, it's a very rare case of it being harder to have your heel champion lose. Because it a lot of the times it comes off like it's easier to have your heel champion lose. Because they're like, oh, they're a heel, they're, you know, whatever. But I just don't think yeah. you can do that with Roman's character. It's just, it's the same as last year. Because I know last year some people were mad that Roman beat Drew. And I was like, what else would have been the option? Yeah, especially at this point. Because the whole thing with Roman now is, oh my god, who's going to beat Roman Reigns? Yeah. Um, and I know that we all, we've all said from the beginning, well, a lot of people said from the beginning that they think or want that person to have been Big E, but I think that that worked more when the context was that the title was on the line. Yeah. Now that Big E has crossed that bridge already, it didn't necessarily make sense and wasn't very necessary. Like, I think for the exact reasons you said, I think Big E losing last night doesn't hurt him at all. You know, he shows up the next day, people are still just as in love with Big E yeah. as they were before. But Roman losing that match, now we've lost that mystique of, oh my god, who's going to be the person to take down Roman Reigns? Because even though he would have still had the title, we've got the answer to our question, who can beat Roman Reigns right now? Big E can beat Roman Reigns right now. It, it's gone. It loses it. So um, I, I agree with you. I, I kind of felt that way leading up to the match because I saw a lot of people being like, Big E needs to win this match tomorrow. And I was like, I don't really think he does. You know, um, yeah. I think that everything is fine that he lost. I don't think anybody thinks any less of him. Um, he worked. hasn't lost any credibility. He's still going into his storyline with Kevin and Seth, and everything is fine. 
I will say also part of that is because of Biggie's character. Like there are other face champions where this wouldn't have worked, but Biggie's character kind of lends itself towards being okay with losing because that's kind of the whole, mm-hmm. like the, like the new day as a whole have never really hurt from a loss. If that makes sense, because they just never. have, it's this... been a long time since it's, it's really mattered. Well, cause it's also, it's the power of positivity. It's being like, okay, yeah, I lost, but, yeah. you know, that's not going to stop me. I still have all this to look forward to. So, it, Biggie is someone who can lose, even as a champion, and it's still, he doesn't look weaker. He doesn't come out of it looking bad. Also, again, it, co- it comes down to the very basic fact of, like, just because you lose does not mean that you look bad. It means that you lost, right? Because it wasn't like it I, wasn't also, like Ro- it wasn't like Roman got the five count on him. You know what I mean? Like within exactly, like five minutes, like that. So, like it's sorry I interrupted you. There. I was gonna say, and that's kind of like if I'm, if you want to compare the two matches, something that I felt like they did a good job with compared to the match with Drew, whereas clearly I felt like they knew that Roman was gonna pin Drew clean. But they didn't really want to make Drew look weak, and they kind of didn't want to fuck with his momentum. So it was kind of like they needed to protect Drew in that, even in his loss. And I feel like that's part of why that match ended up going so much longer than it needed to. Yeah. Because it kind of had to be this, like, keep going, keep going, keep going, so that you can say that Drew didn't get put away too fast. Whereas this match didn't feel like that. It felt like they mm-hmm. both looked strong. And even in the clean loss that they had, that, you know, it, it just was done in a way that Biggie still looked well. He took his loss in stride and that he didn't look foolish afterwards. Mm-hmm. And they didn't do too much trying to protect him in the match, if that makes sense. Yeah, and I do think that was a big downside to the match with Drew. Because, honestly, I think they needed, I think they thought Drew needed more protecting than he did. I agree. Because Drew didn't need tons and tons of protection. Like, people were pretty much on the Drew McIntyre train. Like, it, it, they did not need to make him look like an unstoppable monster. Because we already knew that and he can wasn't. I also, can I also reiterate a point here that, with, like, what I was saying earlier, of stop putting these people in these matches if you don't want them to get pinned. Randy was literally the champion the week before, and Randy could have, if they wanted to protect Drew that bad, they could have just ha- had the match be Randy versus Roman. And then Randy could have Ra- taken the pin. And then Drew could have came back and took the title from Randy. Yeah. It, it would have been fine. And then they wouldn't have even had to have that issue with, oh my god, now how do we deal with Roman pinning Drew? When you didn't have to have Roman pin Drew in the first place. Yeah, it was... Because I actually, I didn't even want that. I had wanted Randy to keep the title and in, in, in face Roman because I was like, well, that seems like, because I feel, I felt like we hadn't actually seen that in a while. I feel like maybe I'm wrong, but yeah. I feel like we hadn't seen Roman and Randy in a one-on-one match in a while. And so I was like, well, you know, I'd be down for that. It's, it's kind of, it might be kind of fun to see, you know, Randy where he's at now versus Roman where he's at now. Um, and it was just, it was a lot of really weird decisions being made, and again, I think a lot of it comes down to them, like, they wanted this big, you know, I think they thought of it as the big money match between Drew and Roman, because people were on the Drew train, um, to the degree that they were, um, but, 
again, they, they thought he needed more protecting than he did. And I think it's nice that they realized that Big E doesn't need that much. Yeah. Because people, like, people will love Big E no matter, people will appreciate and like and support Big E no matter what. Like, and again, I think some of it's just because of the, the attitude and the characters that the New Day has cultivated in that they can take losses and it's, you know, I don't want to say that it's not serious, but it's not world ending. <laughs> yeah. Because, like, I mean, even Kofi after he lost to Brock, you know, it didn't come off as necessarily like a world ending thing for him. Like, he just kind of went on and did Kofi Kingston things. Yeah. I still disagree with that. That was still stupid as shit, especially considering that they could have just, like, waited two days and had it be at Hell in a Cell, but whatever. <laughs> But, um, it, it's, yeah, I actually, I did appreciate, and again, I do think part of, and actually, I, I think it's, that's interesting coming with my earlier comments of saying that I don't feel like it went on long enough, but again, I think a large part of that feeling is just me having been so convinced that, <laughs> that something was going to happen. That there were going to be shenanigans. Yeah. Because that of all the matches that had opportunities for shenanigans, it was this one. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm not mad. Part of, me feels, part of me feels like that was Vince's trolling, too. Because, like, again, like, I know we were making fun of everyone earlier for getting trolled by Vince. <laughs> but, like, I'm not going to sit here and pretend that I didn't buy into it, too. Because I definitely did. It just was kind of, like... It was just, like, one of those things where it was like, wait, is it gonna happen? Is it gonna happen? I will say. Even in the, like, last moments, it was, like, waiting for his music to hit, and it just never did. I will say, I did not think The Rock was going to interrupt the match. I thought it was gonna be a John Cena thing where the match ends yeah, and it's same. over and he comes out. But I thought it was gonna be, like, the Usos or, or the New Day or both of yeah. them interrupt I... or... Or something, you know what I mean? So I, I think I was just so convinced that that was going to happen and then they were going to have the Rock showdown afterwards. Although I was like, as the show ended, I was like, watch, we're going to get a bunch of footage showing that the Rock showed up after the cameras went off. <laughs> that could have, that would have been so funny too. Um, I will say though, to uh, we were talking about Seth earlier. The only reason why I was a little disappointed that Seth was the sole survivor is because I thought it would have been... Um, fun you know me and my Rawlings agenda oh if here we he go with <laughs> if he would have I don't know like you know come cost Biggie the match or something I just thought that would have been really fun for I, him. Just, I just I just <laughs> you know so <laughs> it I mean I honestly I could have even seen that yeah there was a part of me that wanted Jeff to interrupt the match to make yeah, sure that like to cost Biggie the match like, I'm just like, there's so much they could have done. The Usos, The New Day, Brock, Jeff, Seth, The Rock. I mean, sh like, there are so many people that could have run in during and none of them did. And I was just like, what in the world? Where the hell is everybody? Because, like, even afterwards, I thought for sure we're going to get some kind of, like, post-match beatdown. So, and then, like, The New Day standing tall or something. And then it just didn't happen. <laughs> it was just 100% clean all the way through. And actually, like, okay, when it ended, it. <laughs> when it ended, I was like, did Big E get hurt? I I was so sure that like something had gone wrong. 
that I was because I was like, this feels like oh, it stopped too soon. Happened. Yeah, and because you know he'd been selling the knee and all that, I was like, mm-hmm. did did he actually get hurt or or like what's happening here? Because it just felt like there wasn't enough of it. So that, but I mean, it it was a very good match. I did enjoy myself. Like I said, I think they had really good chemistry, and I think that it's something they could revisit at another time. Um, excuse me. Yeah. But yeah, that was overall. I enjoyed myself at Survivor Series. It was a pretty basic Survivor Series overall, but it was really good wrestling. The last exceptional Survivor Series I remember is 2019, and even that one had a dud of a fucker of a main event. So like, none of them can be perfect. But I did, you know, I enjoyed myself. I thought it was a fun, you know, couple hours to spend. I spent all of it shelling pecans. So I mean, I had a good time one way or another. Yeah, I honestly, I didn't, I felt like, you know, because the build was a little bit lackluster, I was going into Survivor Series with the intention of like, you know, I don't really care what happens. It was kind of just like, I'm just going to watch this and whatever happens, happens. And that was a really good mindset to be in for this pay-per-view because I ended up really enjoying it. Even the match that like, the only match I can say that really got any kind of real reaction out of me was the main event. I still enjoyed the rest of the pay-per-view because I didn't really watch it with the intention of Excuse really me. being over and over being over analytical about it. Mm-hmm. Bless you as well. <laughs> but like, yeah, I kind of tweeted that. I was like, you know what? I really enjoyed Survivor Series. Not necessarily because it was like a great pay-per-view or anything, but just because I wanted to and I did. Like, and like, there's not really anything I can say that was really that bad about it. It wasn't the best pay-per-view of the year, but um, you know, nothing really to complain about. I think it was a good show all, overall. Okay, I do want to say, just as a fun little tackle on to the end of this, um, I honestly don't remember if we mentioned it, but, uh, on this episode, but as everyone knows, uh, Monday Night Raw after, uh, Survivor Series this year, um, a fan jumped the barricade and attacked Seth Rollins. Thankfully, Seth Rollins is okay. Uh, that dude has been charged. He's currently being held by the NYPD. Um, which, fuck the police, but also, I dude, think he's been he released. kind of deserve it. I think, um, I think he's been released now because uh, people, he's been posting on his Instagram stories and people have been finding it. Um, but he did get arrested after doing that. Yes, he did. He was arrested and charged. Um, mm-hmm. So, he does have a court date coming up. Have fun with that, guys. Uh, But, I just want to say, evidently, the new rumor on the grapevine is that he was once catfished by a fake Seth Rollins account. So, just as a fun update to that story, that seems to be what's going on now, is that he was once catfished by Seth Rollins. Uh my fake Seth Rollins account. I, know, I just I've wanted been, to throw that out there. I, I know, y'all probably had enough of me being a Seth Rollins defender on every episode, especially this one. But can y'all stop saying that Seth got his ass beat by that man? Because he did not. I feel like if you feel like Seth got his ass beat, then either you don't know how to fight or you've never won a fight in your life. Because in what world does getting put in a chokehold and then pulling somebody's hair constitute winning a fight? Like, I'm sorry. I don't like that people are trying to make Seth out to be some kind of a bitch in that situation because I feel like he handled himself extremely well. Like, literally, as soon as the guy tackled him, he put him in the hold, 
security came and started trying to pull the guy off of him and then the guy started like pulling at his hair like a bitch and like that was it like i don't know why people are trying to make it seem like seth like got his ass whooped the guy never even threw a punch at seth i mean colby did the right thing he de-escalated he He de exactly i know what people wanted to see was him to like start throwing punches or stuff like that but one that's not effective when you're trying to protect yourself and two it's not necessarily he could end up with a lawsuit he could end up with and like he could have ended up getting hurt in another way. He has a child to think about. There's no reason for him yeah. to like get up and start pummeling on this guy. And also, he like de-escalation is the right choice there because you don't know what that dude has on him. You don't know if he's exactly. snuck in a weapon. You don't know if he's got some kind of substance on him. Like you do not know because people are fucking crazy. People will crazy try shit. Days. Like yes. So I'm just like he did the right thing. He de-escalated it to the best of his ability. He got security came out there and got that dude. And it was just like I don't know why. Because like I'm sorry. If you want to see people throwing punches at each other, go watch MMA. If you want to see real exactly. fighting, go watch MMA. You do not. Like, you do not need to be hoping that a real fight breaks out where somebody could get actually hurt in a completely uncontained, unregulated... In an environment where they where yeah. they should have been protected and safe in the first place. Even like, Kimbo I'm... Slice's fucking street fights had some kind of regulation on them. Like, do not... And, you know, when it comes down to, like, wrestlers and fighters and stuff like that, they're not supposed to attack people, even in self-defense sometimes. Like... They're not supposed to use their ability or what they know as far as, like, fighting. Like, if you've ever taken a BJJ class or a Muay Thai class or something like that, the instructor will be the first person to tell you that this isn't about violence. And so a yeah. lot of people who know how to fight are not really violent people, and they don't use their ability to fight to be violent. My... They... In, they use it... Like, my BJJ instructor, one of the first things he told us was you know, BJJ isn't about hurting people. And if you're in a situation in real life where you, you know, need to use it, you should be using it to de-escalate. You should put somebody in a my, hold my and all time, keep them there until somebody can help. All-time favorite Brazilian jiu-jitsu guy in the whole world, Matt Sarah. Matt Sarah, my beloved, if you're out there, you're a fucking god. But my all-time favorite, there's a story about him, I want to say in 2018 or 2019, um where he was at like a bar or a restaurant and somebody tried to get rowdy with him and so all he did was put him in a hold until the police were there and that was it he did not hurt him he just held him in place because he was and he was you know talking to other people in the restaurant making sure everybody was calm and having a good time because he was trying to de-escalate because that's what you do when someone is attacking you like you don't try and make it into it real life is not the movies it is not exactly this is not an action movie like yes sometimes some cool shit like that does happen in the minority of incidents you know you want to know how most fights go down this is how most fights go down somebody throws a punch you get down on the ground you tussle and that's it and that's that's it. it it's not it's not cool it doesn't look cool i've been in fights before it's not fun it's not like I don't know like I don't know how many people this is the thing whenever I'm always like whenever I see shit like this is that people always act like it's fun to get in a real fight it's not it sucks it's ugly it's uncomfortable and it's weird 
especially in this instance where it's not like this is somebody Seth got into an argument with. This is somebody who blindsided him and attacked him out of nowhere while he was trying to do his job. Like, like I said, he has a kid. This is literally like someone tackling a cashier at Best Buy. Exactly. (laughs) If somebody came at my job and tried to fight me out of nowhere, like, obviously I'm going to defend myself, but I'm like, no, I'm not going to sit here and try and, like, have a tussle with you. It's like, no, he did the exact right thing he needed to do, which was contain this person so that he couldn't continue to hurt him or anybody else around until security came and were able to completely subdue him so that he didn't get hurt. But I'm also, I do want to say, like, if you're out there and you're thinking, like, even if you, like, if you see, like, a wrestler or an MMA guy or whatever, if you see, like, a wrestler on the street or something and you think, oh, I want to be famous today... Like, you don't have to understand, like, number one, like, no matter what, like, it doesn't matter where you are, you don't need to do, like, you don't need to pick a fight with anybody because you don't know who's got a weapon on them. Like, I myself, not to out myself or anything, I am never unarmed in public. Oh, me neither. I am not, (laughs) I am never unarmed in public. I always have at least two knives on me. And I am not joking. At least two, I often, like, I have a Garrett wire I've carried, like, I'm very big on being armed. Like, and, yeah, like, I'm same. sorry, guys, outing myself as a Second Amendment guy. Not, not like, a weird Second Amendment guy. I just do believe in the right to be armed and, you know, defend yourself. Um, I'm not, like, one of those, you know, people. Um, but I do, but even then, you know, like, you never know when someone has a gun on you. I, uh, I always tell the story... I had some friends visiting a couple of years ago from another state, um, some friends from New York, and, you know, in New York, you're not supposed to be carrying weapons around, but, uh, so they're used to, you know, like, arguing with people, confronting people, stuff like that, and so they were gonna get out of the car and argue with this dude who was blocking the way in a truck, and I was like, no, you are not, and I, cause, and they were like, why not, and I was like, because he might have a gun, and he might shoot you. I was, you do not know who is armed and who is not. Do you really want to take the risk that you might die just because you want to be, just because you want to prove what a big man you are because you tackled Colby fucking Lopez. Who, of all people. Like, is like the fucking, like, if any wrestler is going to get called a fucking soy boy, it's fucking him. So, like, really? That's how you're going to prove your manliness? You're not even going to roll up on a Brock Lesnar? Roll up on a Brock Lesnar and roll up win on the Roman. fight, and then we can talk. <laughs> like, roll up on Jay. Roll up on Roman. Roll up, like, roll up on anybody. But, like, that's what I was going to say, too. I was telling a friend that earlier. Like, wrestlers are not regular people. I know what they do is scripted, but a lot of these guys, they do, and girls, they do genuinely train in MMA sometimes, like, as a side hobby or just as, like, fitness. So they know how to protect themselves in a wrestling ring. I, even me and learning me in training i've learned some shoot holds and stuff like that to protect myself in a wrestling ring in case somebody shoots on me or something like that um they know what they're doing in terms of self-defense and they're also like super athletes i don't know if you know that about wrestlers but they are <laughs> and so that kind of immediately gives them an advantage over you especially when you're like five one like this guy was like i'm sorry but just do not be don't be that person and don't be that person at a WWE show. Don't be that person at an AEW show. Don't be that person. Dude, I saw somebody at a, I saw a video 
of the worst possible person you could try and do this to. Jacob Fatu, who is one of Roman and the Usos' cousins. Oh, I know Jacob. The, I mean, I don't know Jacob. Nickname? I follow. Yeah, I follow. I follow Jacob in a couple of different ways. He's. If, I love him. If you don't know anything about Jacob, his nickname is the Samoan Werewolf. So do with that information what you will. And at an indie show where there is little to no security. This person tried to cross the barricade and he hit them as hard as they could and they got knocked out. So don't do that because you may not get a Seth Rollins who's going to just like subdue you until security comes. You might get a Jacob Fatu who's going to punch the shit out of you and knock your ass out clean. So just stay on the side of the barricade that you're supposed to be on. If you really have that much smoke for a wrestler for any reason, consult your therapist literally and that's it because no nothing that any of these people do like i'm sorry even the people who have actually done terrible shit you do not need exactly. to make you you are not batman you are not going to go handle that on your own okay you're not let go of that fantasy let go if you, like cold. i'm sorry like it's not gonna work you're just gonna look stupid you're probably gonna end up in jail so put that away put all of it away because it just and it just frustrates me because you know people always talk about oh look how much like how much better the wrestling community is today and i'm like you guys are still pulling the shit and like yes it's not as bad as you know when fans crowded around brett's heart brett hart's car to make sure he couldn't go anywhere it's not as bad as when a group of samoan fans were gonna straight up like mob somebody you know like yes things have gotten better but then y'all and I pointed this out on a retweet a, a quote tweet of somebody that uh, you follow I forgot their fucking name but they were talking about how you started people started joking about it like ten, like an hour later on Twitter and I'm like this is part of the problem is like you can't have anything serious happen in wrestling or anywhere before you know in five minutes it's okay to joke about yeah especially the Seth I when I this particular happening to Seth really upset me because I've been saying this for weeks and yes, nobody's heard me because nobody I cares have. about Seth yes you you hear me some of my other followers hear me but like over a mass a lot of people just do not care about Seth and I get it you don't need to care about every wrestler but I think it's so fucked up but that somebody need- tweeted that somebody literally tweeted i'm not making this up somebody literally tweeted that they would be happy if seth rollins got stabbed and i just cannot get over the fact that if they had said that about almost anybody else if they had said that about and i'm not saying i want them to say it about anybody else but like if they said that about sasha if they said that about roman we'd never hear the end of it but the fact that it said about Seth, no one fucking cares. Nobody bats an eye. Nobody gives a damn. If they had said it about Kenny or one of the young bucks, that they'd said about Kenny into, or the young bucks, people would have turned it into a big old WWE fans are awful thing. Exactly. So for the simple fact that it was Seth, things like that are okay I just, to say. I just and so say. why is it after something like that? Now weeks later, he's getting attacked by a fan at a show, and this is the third time this has happened to him. I just want to say it's concerning. Like. First off, I do think that, and I I replied to one of your tweets with this the other day, I said I do think a lot of the reasons why people, why Seth has had this happen more times than most people, um, is because of this perception of him as being soft, and it's this perception of him being like, oh, surely he can't actually fight, because as we all know, Colby is a, is a fairly liberal, you know... He's nerdy. He's kind of like he approaches a bit. life in a very gentle way. 
you know, yes, he, he's he, not like the alpha guy walking he plays around. His, he plays his video games and does his CrossFit and has his wife and his baby. And that's, you know, his life and his coffee shop and, his, you know, things like that. He's not he's we're not, not trying to say that he's a bitch or anything. Like, he, these are he's not the tradition. He's not what people would say what people would call traditionally masculine in a lot of exactly. ways. Exactly. You know, he's not like the undertaker. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I do think that's one of the reasons why Seth in particular gets it, but also because Seth has as a character has an ability to rile people up and some people do not know how to take that not seriously. Um but also, I just want to say, because you said, like, you don't have to care about every wrestler, and that's true. You don't have to, like, personally care about what happens to every wrestler. But you do have to care about the safety and well-being of your fellow humans. <laughs> yes. And, <laughs> like, and especially because I feel like it sets a precedent. Like, you, in the way that we react to things kind of sets a precedent for what happens in the future. That's why I'm kind of, like, I've seen this getting a lot of press, like, Good Morning America and CBS and, like, I feel like that kind of sucks because all that does is the next fool who just wants to try and get some attention and be famous, they think that this is the way to get go about it because now everybody's going to be talking about something that I did or something that I caused. And so I believe that the way that we react to things as a community sets a precedent for how people will behave in the future. And so that you, if you set a precedent that oh, well, I don't care about, we don't care about some wrestlers, so it doesn't matter or it's funny or it's okay if it happens to some people versus other people, then you're just setting it up for this to continue to be a thing that re regularly happens. And I know it's not within our control as fans, but it is like partially a responsibility to make sure people know that this is not okay. And if you do this, you're going to be attacked online. You're going to go to jail. You're going to get in, like, serious trouble and fuck up your life and stuff like that. I also, and I just, I really do want to hammer down on this. Um, when you're, because I'm just, I can't, I can't help but sit here and think about this one story that I heard many years ago by this point. I forgot who exactly told it to me, but this guy uh had a friend who um got into a fight outside of a bar one night and it, it didn't seem like a serious fight at first it was one of those couple of punches are thrown there's you know some very close contact um and and then the guy who attacked him left and this guy's friend ended up dying that night because he didn't realize that he had been stabbed um, because the guy had stabbed him very quickly and then pulled the knife out and left. And, uh, I, I, and he ended up dying from those injuries because obviously his adrenaline was very high. So he, he's not going to feel it. He's not going to notice. And it was just a very quick, sad thing. So I, I just really, I can't help but imagine like, well, what if that had happened? You know, like I'm a very... <laughs> I, I'm a very emotional person, and I don't like I react to things very strongly. So I couldn't. I, I I still haven't watched the video because I can't make myself do it because I'm just like, what if that had been worse? I don't want it to be worse. So I just I I need everyone to understand that this is not funny. 
This is not a funny thing that happened. This is not, it's not like when fans have the beach balls or, or do the wave or even have a funny sign. Like, you know, this was not funny. Colby Lopez was assaulted. That's not something to laugh at. And, I mean, agree, disagree with me all you want. You know, that's up to you. But I don't... I, I cannot conceive of thinking of this as funny. Regardless of who it had happened to. This could have happened to Matt Riddle. And I would have been like, that's terrible. Because the the thing that I feel like a lot of people don't understand is that you actually don't get to feel good even when it's someone that you don't like. Like, it was wrong that this happened and it would have been wrong to anybody. But you need to stop joking about it just because, because like, would you joke about it if he had died? Exactly. Like, would it be funny if he had if he had gotten seriously hurt? Would it been a joke then? Like, oh my god. You know, ha ha ha, Seth's a bitch, blah blah blah, whatever these things. Like, it wouldn't have been funny if something would have seriously happened to him, if that guy would have stabbed him, if that guy would have injured him. You know, that gets in the way of his money and his being able to work. Like, it's a very, like, I feel like it's a very serious thing. And mind you, I'm one of those people, like, generally, I'll joke about most things because, especially, like, things that like happen to other people if it's funny but there is also like a certain thing of having like boundaries and having a line i'm just like would y'all have been tweeting at rebecca saying exactly haha look what happened to your husband would y'all been talking about rue like would that have been appropriate just because like is it appropriate because he wasn't seriously injured like where is the line what where where do we draw that line in the sand or should we just not have to draw the line? Like, it should just not be seen as funny. And, like, I don't know. Call me a bitch. Call me a pussy. Whatever. I've been called worse. And maybe I am. Like I said, I'm a giant crybaby. <laughs> I'll, I'll, feel, I'll feel bad if Seth, like, fucking trips and twists his ankle. Because I just feel bad when things happen to people. So this just pissed me off. And, again, not this was not, you know the point of this episode but it was something recent that happened in wrestling that was a pretty big deal and it just yeah pissed me off and just the fact that it happened to like on while raw was happening yep. just kind of crazy because i the camera was on him as he was walking up and then you see this person coming it was very wild to watch in real time you know it's just craziness so yeah stay on your side of the barricade don't don't run up on wrestlers please um Respect people. And don't run up on anybody. And it's really that simple. It's that easy. Um, <laughs> don't run up on anybody because you never know. You I might run say, up on one of us. There's and a difference. You're going to get I do, stabbed or tased. Just to clarify one last thing. There is a difference between running up on someone and defending yourself and others. One of them is okay. One of them is not. Um, yes. This is like, this is a, this was being ran up on. There's one thing to, like, even then, do what you will, how you handle things. It's one thing to confront somebody face-to-face and, like, say, hey, I have an issue, or hey, I want to fight. That's your deal to deal with. But to, like, literally blindside somebody when they're not expecting you in the middle of a live television taping is a very, very whole other thing. You know, Josh Barnett just posted saying, you know what wrestling 
show fans don't jump the barricade at and it was a picture from Bloodsport, whatever it Blood is that Sport. he does. And I'm like, get and I retweet yeah, I quote tweeted it. Shit. I quote tweeted it and I said, Give it time. Everyone wants to be famous at one point. So give it time. That's true. You gotta re- I'm sorry, you gotta really wanna be famous to try and jump the barricade at a blood sport show. Everybody on the card is there is can has the capacity to probably kill you, to be honest. Not that they would, but if they wanted to, you're a goner. But yeah, it's just it was a it was a rough incident last night. Best wishes out to uh Colby. Uh Mr. Seth. I hope you're, you know, doing okay cuz even with yes. all my criticisms of you, I do still I do still care about him and I do still care about him. I wanted to tweet and let us know he's okay, but he's not going to because I already know him. He's not going to want to give the situation any attention. No, he's just Also, post- shout out to him too for for him coming out later in the show and kind of making like I know we just said don't joke about it but it's his he can joke about it because it happened to him yeah but like him coming out and like doing the little look aside that was pretty funny and like a good way to kind of let the audience I think know that he's fine he wanted to cut down on the tension yeah which I think was a good thing and just him being because he could have easily been like you know okay that was scary I don't want to go back out there but he's the being the professional that he is. He went out anyways and because he is it. reliable. So he is all reliable. <laughs> I love you, Seth. Anyway, <laughs> uh, yeah, we love you, Seth. We hope you're doing all right. Uh, and you know, to we'll do our our match and song recommendation. Uh, my song recommendation is "Boot Scoot and Boogie" by Brooks and Dunn because all y'all need to lighten the fuck up, and so do I. So, I'm going to be listening to that in a moment. My match recommendation, like I said, is uh, Bobby Lashley versus Drew McIntyre. It's from sometime in 2020, I want to say. It's during the PC era. It's very early on in in, uh, Drew's uh, title reign. And it's it's just a very good big man match. So, there you go. Um, my match recommendation <laughs> in celebration of The Rock not showing up and um, to man- just to manifest the Rollins feud that I want. Uh, I'm going to say my match recommendation is Seth Rollins versus Roman Reigns and Money in the Bank 2016. That was a pretty good match and obviously the cash in at the, at the after it was really good. Um, my song recommendation is oh my gosh um i haven't listened to any news oh no 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 i said that one already god damn it (laughs) what am i listening to (laughs) okay i'll go with another mariah the scientist song uh revenge um pretty good song yeah you know in honor of the rock who i don't necessarily care for as a wrestler, but that's beyond the point. I'll even throw in an extra match recommendation. 1998 King of the Ring Finals, Ken Shamrock versus The Rock. Because I'm still on my hashtag Ken Shamrock for WWE Hall of Fame 2022 shtick. So, thank you everyone for joining us for this pay-per-view review. Hopefully it'll be up same day and, you know, we'll, we'll, I'll try and get this posted as fast as I can. Be safe. Get vaccinated. Wear your masks. Don't jump people. Um, And try very hard to 
give a shit about be empathetic to other people and care about their well-being so let's let's all try to do that a little bit better and try and laugh about things a little bit less